right. Um, welcome to the Against the Army's podcast, Army-Navy edition. We are live from USA's Radio Row. Uh, they let us in. Yeah. We are. Uh, really we, don't, we don't have a picture, obviously. It's podcast recording. Maybe we'll get something on Facebook Live here once we get um, everybody else here. We're waiting on Ryan Nanny and Richard Johnson from Banner Society. And then Kayla's running a little bit late. But me and Austin are here, um, as expected. Uh, they put us at a table by ourselves, uh, a good 12 feet behind everybody else at Radio Row, with no uh, no indication of who we are at all. Because, uh, yeah, we're the two guys with the, the laptops and the recording microphones, and all the other professionals uh, obviously got their, their spots. But regardless, we're here. It almost looks like we're overlooking them, though. You yeah, know, if, if you, you look, look at it, because we're at the back. Course. Yeah, we're at the back, overlooking everything going on. But, I mean, we've met Joe Girard, or I met Joe Girard, I shook his hand really quickly. I saw him. Uh, Tiki Barber's been around, you know, Danny Cannell, Luis Pinu. Um, so, they have made it very apparent that we are not the big time yet, but it feels like a little bit like we're, we're big time. Uh, here. It's kind of like if you went to the Super Bowl, but you were in the nosebleeds, maybe? Maybe. <laughs> Is that a fair comparison? I went to the national championship once in the nosebleeds. And was deathly ill, but that's another story for another day. But we know we're excited to be here. Um, this is going to be a lot of fun. We have some great guests um, that are going to join us on the Look show. Look who's showing up! And Kayla is coming right now. Hey, Kayla. Um, yeah, yeah. They put us by ourselves, right? Isn't that hilarious? Oh Kayla's going to put another chair for back here. Sorry, I'm sure we can grab one from over there. Yeah. Just grab one. Shift this way, and then we can put a third chair on that side. And then we just have three over here, two over there. We're which it's this one that's picking up, right? Yeah. So. Um, yeah, that works. I think we'll just keep like two people kind of yeah. going and then the third on the side. Yeah. So you guys are here in our live background understanding of what we're going to try to accomplish here. Yeah. Scott might cut this out, he may not, but this is what you do when you're recording live for two hours. Just Some of the things there. I've heard these other people talk about already. Oh, I know. Man. I know, but we're going to do our best to, to get it going. Um, you want to go around and see if you can find a chair? And I'll, I'll keep talking. We're waiting. Uh, I'll give you a rundown. So here's kind of the plan. Now, we got some great guests lined up to uh, to interview um, on the show today. Uh, we have Vince Papali of Eagles, Philadelphia Eagles fame, and uh, avid supporter of the Travis Mann Foundation, and Joey Fay, um, former Navy football player who also also works with the foundation, um, who are going to be joining us first. We'll have uh, General Pete Dawkins, 1958 Heisman Trophy winner for uh, West Point, um, and brigade commander, class president, road scholar, um, pretty much did it all, uh, joining us to, uh, to talk about the rivalry as well. Uh, we'll have General Mike Lennington, who is the CEO of the Wounded Warrior Project on, um, we're gonna, and then we're going to talk to uh, Lieutenant Jesse Awuji, um, Navy football player turned NASCAR uh, driver, who's going to join us as well. Um, and then we're still waiting on uh, one more, perhaps. Um, our last interviewee that was scheduled uh, is running a little bit late, so we'll see if he's able to, to join us, and if so, that'll be a great addition, too. Um, so we're really excited about it. And then in between all those interviews, uh, we'll have Ryan and Richard joining us to, to get their take from Banner Society, and uh, and we will also uh, hopefully have some time to actually break down the game, which we didn't get to on our podcast, our first podcast for this week, um, when we kind of set things up, but to really do a deep dive breakdown Hopefully you've been on the site checking out our content this week. It's been some really good stuff from all of our contributors. Um, position breakdowns of Army versus Navy. Uh, fans' perspective slash athletes' perspective from Joe. Why Navy will win, why Army will win. A full kind of game breakdown from Mitchell Northam. Um, 
and yeah, I mean, we're just pumped to be here. So um, yeah, it's gonna be some good interviews. Um, our first one will probably be in the next like five minutes. Um, so just to update you, Kayla, from, from the interview schedule we've had. Uh, looks like Major General Broadwater, the first cab commander, is running late, so he might not make it in time. Um, but uh, we do have Vince Pauly from the movie Invincible and uh, former Philadelphia Eagle and uh, representing the Travis Manion Foundation, which we're going to be at their tailgate tomorrow um, from 11 on. So make sure you, know, you have to register. I don't know if they've closed the registration now. We don't know if we're gonna get this up tomorrow, by tomorrow, anyways, to, to for you to be able to listen to. But uh, regardless, great organization. Um, I serve as a veteran mentor with the Travis Mann Foundation. I was at their gala last night, and uh, and it was a really good time, really powerful, really inspirational. Um, they're doing great things, um, and so we'll be at their tailgate, and we're gonna have Vince and Joey Fay on to, to talk um, about what they're doing and, and about the game tomorrow and Army Navy memories. Uh, it should be a good time. So. Yeah, I'm pumped. Pumped to be here. Couldn't agree more. <laughs> uh, so it's gonna be a good time. Uh, so yeah, yeah. Start pulling the bios. Let's let's get prepped and ready to go. But um, you're here. I know you travel. Austin, you travel. Both of you traveled today. I came in yesterday, so I got the, the sleep advantage probably over the two of you. Um, but um, I say you got in late or got home late last night. Turned around early morning, but. Got home from work. This isn't me. It's not a sob story. It's just the no, truth. No. I got home from work at about 10:30 last night. Woke up at 1:30. Yeah. Left the house at 2:15 for a two-hour drive to Orlando Airport. All this with a three-year-old, which was eventful. He's done well. Um, got off the plane a little after nine. Rental car. Grabbed a second breakfast, and here we are. So, yeah, so, and Kayla just drove up, just got in, hit some traffic, um, but we're happy to be here. So, I guess the first thing, we got about five minutes until um, Vince and Joey come join us, but um, you're here, though. Like, you made it here. Kara's got Weston with Jackson and Candace at the Franklin Institute doing the Children's Science Museum thing, but we're here at Radio Row. First impressions of Radio Row um, from, from the, <laughs> the back view of, of the convention center here. Yeah, I... I I almost feel like we don't belong. <laughs> well, once again, we fooled them. Uh, yeah. It continues to be the, the name of the game. Just keep fooling them uh, to get access to stuff. I, it's a little bit of an exaggeration. I mean, the setups aren't too terribly different. Our table is a little bit on the back side here. But it's awesome that we're going to have some of the same guests, right? So we're going to have some respectful interviews, or at least, at least the people that are going to come be the, the interview we. Uh, so that's exciting. I'm um, excited for the lineup that we have in store. Um, you've got the trophy here. The real Commander-in-Chief's trophy is here. Yeah. It's got some uniform replicas. So definitely some cool stuff. They're definitely not, going all out. Not that they wouldn't do this, but it is funny to me that the Air Force side, I mean, that's what, they, that's what you would expect them to have Army, the Army and Navy thirds of it pointing out, but it's just funny to see that you can see from here, like the Air Force part is kind of tucked away in the back there. <laughs> From view for anybody that comes uh, comes to take a peek at the trophies. So. so appropriate for the week. You know? I mean, it is for the week, but also just because uh, this trophy is not going to Colorado Springs this year, regardless, right? Unfortunately. Depending on. That's true. Depend, depending on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and and uh, obviously, because Navy beat Air Force, but Air Force beat Army. Right. Um, so we are playing. I mean, we are still playing to see where this trophy goes. It's going to go home with one of, with the team that wins tomorrow. Um, which is exciting. I believe I saw in Scott's notes 
that this is only like the fifth or sixth time that um, that the Army Navy game since the CIC Trophy competition started is on the line, as in like oh, wow. um, the winner takes it home with them. So um, nothing, nothing outright. They've been playing for this from the very beginning, basically. Yeah, so, yeah, and so, yeah, I mean, it's like a couple times in the 60s or something, in the 70s. It's been a while since maybe the early 90s, um, since there was a contest where the Army-Navy game decided who took the CIC trip, which is crazy to think over the, you know, however many years now, um, since Air Force had a football team and we started the CIC race, um, to only have had four or five times where it came down to the last game to Army-Navy. Um, so it, it, there's a lot riding on the game, obviously, for both teams. Um, and we're excited to be here, excited to be at the game mark, excited to be at the Travis Media Foundation tailgate um, with our Banner Society friends. We have 10 people between Banner Society and Against All Enemies representing SB Nation and Vox Media uh, here. I count Rocky in that because he's doing his operations deal with uh, with Navy Athletics. But um, but he's here too, so yeah, we're going to have 10 folks. Um, so it's going to be pretty cool. Uh, should be a good time. So, um, yeah, so we're sitting here waiting on our, our first interview to come along. So uh, no, real, no real reason to do too much into a, a game dive at this point. But um, I guess uh, if you're a Navy fan right now, which you are, Austin, how are you feeling heading into this game? I know good, probably confident, but we know this game always. In the years, the, you know, the decade-plus of dominance for Navy, that um, even when it should have been a blowout, maybe talent-wise or team-wise, it never ends up that way. Yeah, I think the two stories that I'm interested in seeing unfold in this game are, one, how are we going to line up defensively? Obviously, with the new defensive staff, we're going to see some wrinkles, probably in terms of how we defend the triple option. We got a taste of that with the Air Force, but I think uh, Coach Newberry probably has something in store for this game in particular, so I'm, just gonna, I'm really curious to see how that unfolds. And the second aspect is the Army quarterback. Kayla, do you have any insider knowledge? Like, what's going on over there? Do we know who's going to be starting under center? I wish I did. And, you know, I think um, what's great in terms of what, you know, Coach Munkin has said is playing up really more the availability of the quarterbacks and trying not to make it too much of a negative. I think, um, you know, unfortunately, you know, injuries have played a really big part. Um, and at this point, you know, rather than focusing on the fact that you know, there's this unknown, rather playing to the point that we have, you know, three essentially main options who can play a quarterback. And I think uh, to see how that strategy will play out will be interesting. Um, I think that both, you know, particularly Hopkins and Jabari Laws, you know, have, I think, very, you know, very different strengths. I think interesting to see Jabari Laws has um, kind of the potential to develop. To develop. Hey, how are you? Bringing you guys Pete Dawkins next. Yes, sir. All right, cool. sir. Yeah, yeah, appreciate it. Yeah, one thirty, right? Nice to meet you. Yeah, nice to meet you. Austin Lantain. What do you have a short sleeve shirt on for, Austin? Come on. <laughs> I, I just got off. Of, I just got off a plane in Florida. I was in yeah, Florida yeah. six hours. I'm actually going to take mine so. off too because we're about to interview the Travis Manning guys, and I have my Travis Manning shirt on. Oh, got to represent. It makes sense. Got to, got to. Set that button. It's going. It was not. But yeah, I think you know at this point. Like I said, I think to play to, to each of their strengths, I think there's the challenges. Um, if we do see a lot of you know changes in and out of the quarter, um, I think to, to Navy's point, it could be you know challenging for them to adjust to that um, because they haven't had you know that that same kind of consistency. Um, you know, Air Force, we've seen that they you know they have a, a quarterback surprise for us in the past season, so maybe we'll see that same thing um, with Army. But I think there is. Uh, 
um, I think he's definitely got something up his sleeve and, and sort of strategically placing, you know, who's going to come out first, and, and we'll kind of go from there. Yeah, y'all remember the the Dennis Green um, Cardinals coach? They are who we thought, thought they are. Who we thought they were. Right? <laughs> or who we thought they were. Right? Um, that's how I feel about Munkin's response to the questions this week about the quarterback. Of basically, I mean, basically, you said we have available who we have available, or we're going to have like, whoever's available is who we have, you know, type thing, giving no indication. And this does become. It was actually, I don't remember who from Bannerside, and I, I think it was Godfrey, um, uh, or maybe an Alex Kirshner, uh, wrote a piece last year or two years ago about the 365-day chess match between Army and Navy, and how it does come down to this one week, but um, obviously they're, they're prepping and planning all year long, and and, uh, and we've seen Navy um, shut out the media a few years ago uh, when they decided to bring out the, the spread out of the shotgun, the spread the, to run the plays out of the shotgun and the pistol more. Um, and, and unveil that against Army. Um, and so your point about the defense, I think, is good with what Newberry's going to do. Um, you said at the beginning of the year, too, about you know, he's coming from Kennesaw State. I remember you specifically. Um, he's faced a lot of triple option offenses in FCS. Uh, and it was my first thing was kind of like, well, you know, 90% of the year he's going to be facing AAC teams. Um, but this is obviously where we hope to see, you know, what he's got because Air Force is a little bit different. We know that. Sure. Um, so, yeah. We are. We are yeah, yes, yeah. sir. Awesome. Chris with Wind Warrior Project. Hey, Austin Lantain. Austin. Hey, hey Justin Mears. Justin. Hi, Caitlin. Caitlin, nice to meet you. Do you work for Wind Warrior? Yes. Uh, so we're on with you guys at 145? Yeah, yeah. Do you okay. know uh, Danielle Coker? She she works out of, at Jacksonville out of, out of Wind Warrior office there. You know, I think she does like marketing or Sounds familiar. something like that. I've only joined the team since March. Okay, yeah, so yeah. So my, that's my, my best friend from high school's wife. So. Okay. Oh, uh, very cool. Yeah. If you guys need anything, um, give me my card. Um, awesome. Be over, except 145, right? Yeah, 145. Okay. Yeah, yeah, we'll right. yeah, thank, thank you, you very much. Um, so this is part of that live show. Yeah, yeah. No, it's gonna be. That's how it's gonna be. And it's gonna be good. And I hope Scott does not edit it. I hope it just stays like this. <laughs> that's um, a flow. So we can listen to it again. I don't know who else will. Yeah. So we got about eight minutes um, before we get Pete Dawkins, but we're about to, to welcome over um, Vince Papali, like I said, of, of Eagles fame and. Um, Joey Fay representing the Travis Mann Foundation. I got my Travis Mann Foundation shirt on now. We're good to go. But yeah, I mean, I guess what I was saying was we've been waiting for that. But the offense—they've been—they—they they shut out the media again this year. No one's been allowed to watch practice this week, and so you expect um, some wrinkles. I just wonder how much because things have been running so smoothly, right? Like, let's not derail the train right. um, here. So, all right, we got, yeah, we got Mr. Papali <laughs> and, oh, and Joey Fay. Yeah, yeah, we got P, exactly, yeah. I love it. Exactly, or we don't belong, and they put us uh, put us out here. That's all right. Oh, good, yeah, yeah. how are you? Awesome. Good to see you. Yeah. Thank you, man. Candice? Appreciate it. Kayla, Kayla. Oh, this is cool. I love it. We're actually, we're already going. We've been already talking, and this is podcast life. So we're live right now on the radio. Oh, okay, good. That was for podcasting? All right, cool. Will these pick up? No, oh, yeah, they will. Oh, yeah. I don't We've have been to test, test it plenty of times. All right, so good. So, <laughs> these are great mics. Where'd you get them? Uh, Amazon. Yeah, Google them. Really? The yeah, one. do you have any information? My daughter and I are putting a podcast okay, okay, together. Yeah. It's called Gabbing with Invincible. My daughter's Gabriella. Oh, every nice. pun intended. So yeah, she's yeah, a yeah. communications grad from Syracuse. And we thought with her millennial, you know, yeah. back in my mind, it could awesome. be one. Yeah, one of so I'd, I'd be interested in taking yeah, a look the, at these. It's the Blue Yeti. Blue Yeti microphone. Blue Yeti? Yeah, I actually have, I think, better versions of of these as Since well. Since we bought it. Yeah. Oh, really? So, okay, cool. All right. Excited, so, excited to have you. Uh, yeah, so, it's great to be here. Thanks. Yeah, thanks. I got my, got my Travis love it. shirt on too, right? So, <laughs> there you go. You was at the good. gala with y'all last night. Um, that so, was pretty cool, wasn't it? And we're going to be joining you at the tailgate tomorrow. We're bringing, oh, sweet. Of that, they said 
a thousand people are going to be there. At least that's what Janae told me. Um, I think we contributed about 22 of those tickets, so we're excited <laughs> to join you guys at the at the tailgate. Yeah, hopefully tomorrow. I'll be able to get a beer. Whether well, last year they almost ran out of beer for crying out loud. Yeah, I don't know yeah. if they were. Were they expecting yeah. a thousand? I don't even know. I don't know, but I'm sure we'll keep up. I, I the Tito's be, line is going to be pretty you know, long. I'm pretty sure. I can remember when this thing was me and Paul Fisher. Any of you guys know Paul Fisher? No. Fisher's dad has a uh, has a beer distributor. He already had one for a long time. If he still does, but I can remember when this tailgater was me and Paul, the two kegs on a on one of those uh, hotel bellhop carts, yeah. driving it around. That's how this thing started, and it was uh, it, it was is amazing to see that they're up to you know. Yeah. Everything they've done is just exploding. And obviously the size is, is big to just enhance the name and what you're trying to accomplish with the Trasmania Foundation, but um, by doubling, tripling, growing in size, like what, what does that mean for the organization itself? Like what, what, how valuable is that? Well, so, I mean, they announced some really big things last night. Um, you know, some of the endowments that they talked about and, the, and you know, what they're going to they're gonna be able to finance and fund you know, the number of volunteers it takes to have an organization of this size. It used to just be, you know, what they could scrape together and what people could give. And, and even even me, you know, as a, as a long-time volunteer of the foundation, you know, at times it's kind of like, you know, I don't, I don't, you know, how much can you do with the time that you have in life with kids and jobs and stuff? But now, given what, they're, what they've accomplished and how big this brand has gotten and, and the endowments, you know, they'll be able to fully staff this thing and turn it into yeah. the monster that it really should be, you know? So. Yeah, great. Uh, so, I mean, for those who may not know exactly what the Travis Manion Foundation does, right, um, First Lieutenant Travis Manion um, was killed by a sniper in Iraq on his second deployment. Um, and basically, um, the foundation was started around their kitchen table with five words that have remained the five words that, that the foundation embodies and, and everyone that, that volunteers, you know, the ethos of if not me, then who, which is basically what Travis said uh, at an Eagles game before he was about to deploy, about a week before he was about to deploy to his brother-in-law. Um, uh, that basically, you know, the idea being uh, his brother-in-law said, hey, I'll push you down the stairs, uh, break your leg, but at least you don't have to go deploy. And, and he's like, hey, but if I don't do it, somebody who's not as, you know, not prepared is going to have to go step in, right, if not me, then who? So I guess for both of you, you know, um, you worked with the organization for a while, but, but Vince, love to hear how you got connected and then what that kind of if not me, yeah, then who. Yeah, it was a great to. connection. You know, I guess if not me, then who, you know, it's like <laughs> why, why even try out for the Philadelphia Eagles? You're 30 years old, it's never been done before, you're too old playing college football. No, that crap. Well, if I don't do it, who, who else is going to do it? You know, never looked at it that way. But our connection started about five years ago when Colonel Mannion, Tom, asked me to come speak at his golf tournament down there at Andrews Air Force Base. And as I was telling Joey, I was so gosh nervous, I couldn't even tee up the ball. My hand was shaking <laughs> so much because I was speaking to all these military uh, types and, yeah. you know, and somebody that I, actually I, that I wished I could have been, but I actually even I fought my physical when I was coming out of college. Hmm. Uh, of, of an entry that I had, at, ironically, at Quantico, the Quantico release. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I separated. I, I actually separated my ankle, and then I re-separated it right before the. Uh, and so anyway, that's how I wound up being a school teacher. But Tom asked me to speak, and I was, uh, what, what am I going to say? He said, "Talk about the dream. Talk about leadership. You know, talk about some of the things you had to go through in order to get there." And then it turns out, after talking to him and then getting to know Joey and some of the other guys, we all should have shared, shared that similar story. But the one thing that we all shared, we're part of a team, yeah. you know, and, you know, the team, of course, he was with the, mid, with the midship of the Naval Academy, we were the Eagles and all the sports I played, but then on the ultimate team, you know, to be in the military, but still, it's all about those concepts, those fundamentals that take it to the next level and why you're successful. And, and I always like when I'm out speaking, I always like using uh, something I picked up from the SEALs, it's, uh, it takes teamwork to make the dream work. 
And if you see the seals, and they're they're going and they're, they're in their boat and they're trying to get up and crash through the waves. And if every one of those guys isn't pulling with that same intensity as his partner, you know, you're going to go nowhere. You know, and then finding out what your role is and playing it with passion. And then you come up with the next man up thing. Yeah. You know, one guy goes down, somebody's got to step in and fill in. Yeah. So um, it, it was a natural. And, uh, you know, having met Tom and just his passion, and I couldn't, I can't even imagine what it would be like because I have a 23-year-old son. I can't even imagine what it would have been like for me to, uh, to have lost my son and, uh, and what he's gone through and how strong he is and, and what a rock he is and an inspiration to me. And now he's one of my closest friends. And I'm proud to be a part of it. And, you know, the foundation is part of Tom. And that's how I met Joey. And here we are today. And, you know, I had nothing to talk about other than the Philadelphia Eagles or something. And I thought, you know, let's talk about the Travis Mannion Foundation. And uh, they, they said, yeah, that, that sounds pretty good because here we are. And here <laughs> yeah. we're talking. And this, he's this is, this is service. I mean, this, yeah. Vince, there's a natural uh, connection between what Vince did in his life and what, if not me, then who stands for um, but the fact that you were able to use your celebrity to help us send our message today, we really appreciate, and and uh, and that's the type of service that you know we thank you for. Yeah, yeah, it's been pretty cool. I've just gotten I just got another text from somebody that was listening, one from San Francisco, another one from Atlanta, and we were on and we were on those networks, and they said I just heard you talking about the Travis Mannion Foundation. Yeah. So there you go. Two, you two ends of the country, know, right? Yeah, you don't even yeah, know who you reach out to. Spread. It's just so incredible. Yeah, Joey, you played football for Navy, right? So we got two two U.S. Navy grads here and our army friends sitting over here we put her we put her over here so yeah um, i'm curious you. you know i actually didn't know this since i was reading about the washington post article about the patches i mean i know about the patches but um that, that the seal team three patch that represents brendan looney um, who played football and then lacrosse at the academy um is kind of hand selected every year now and they gave it to paul carruthers this year and uh, i taught paul and i've said many times on the podcast that's a young man that like he taught me way more in a semester than I ever taught him as, as, a, as, a, as a freshman midshipman, right? So, um, you know, any thoughts kind of on that and, and what that means um, to the players to, to be able to represent Brendan? Um, I'm sure you, you know, you know Brendan and, and Amy's connection to the, to the foundation and everything like that. Yeah, so, I mean, look, the patch thing is really cool. It's a tradition at Navy, and, and wearing the patches is, you know, I, I couldn't wait until I had the chance to wear, like, a Marine Corps unit patch on my on my shoulder pads when I went out there because I, I went to Navy always wanting to be a Marine. Thankfully, I was able to, to be, be a Marine. But the whole idea behind hand-selecting uh, someone to wear Brendan's patch is really, really cool, and it means a lot. Um, just like being selected a captain or um, being asked to, to help uh, you know, lead, lead, it, lead one of the teams, special teams, offense, defense, or, or whatever, is carry the flag out at the game. Those kind of things are just the way that the military in general and the Navy football program does it too, you know, just does these little things every once in a while to remind people that, hey, you are leading by example. You are someone that we look up to. And, and, and Brendan and Travis, their names are tied to that now forever along with guys like Ron Winchester yep, and J.P. Exactly. Blexworth and those, and, you know, I still have my J.P. patch and I, I wear it whenever I can. And so wearing those things is a way to honor someone, but also a way to congratulate someone for living a life that, that is worthy of, of honoring that person. So. Yeah, that's good no, uh, we're, we're so appreciative that you're able to stop by and just thankful yeah. that we have a small connection uh, in, in terms of what's uh, happening tomorrow with the tailgate. We've I say we've, we've plugged it in some of the articles that we're doing, so hopefully that led to some clicks and, and helped grow the cause uh, yeah. and get more people involved in the Travis Manion Foundation. So. Yeah. I know we got another, another interview, and we got kind of a short window there with you guys, but we wanted to make sure we connected since we're going to be there tomorrow. I do want to get your take, though. We were just talking before you guys came on. Um, 
if you looked at, and I, I did the position by position breakdown, comparing every position between Army and Navy this year, and we had to, I had to ask Austin, like, cornerback is like the only position, like the only edge I gave to Army, and I was like, I don't think that's going to go over well, right? But like, if you it look at, it was not, <laughs> it was completely unbiased, right? I do my best, but if you're looking, like, I'm just saying that to say, if you're looking talent wise, and and the programs this year, and the way things have shaken out, um, you'd have to. Unbiased, you'd have to give the edge to Navy, but we know these games come down to the wire. So, having played in them, yeah. uh, what's your take tomorrow? What are you expecting? Um, honestly, I, I don't like to say this a lot because I really do think the players are, you know, the most important people on the field. But in this game, it really doesn't matter. It's, in my opinion, this game is about coaching, yeah. and and what coach is going to make the right decisions <laughs> at the right time because everyone's going to play their heart out. Everyone's going to play as good as they can. Now, turnovers happen, and those kinds of mistakes may happen, and, and that could that could change the game as it has for Navy in the past um, and Army, of course. Um, but I will say that I think coaching is so important in the Army-Navy game because uh, because the kids are going to try hard. So, so I'm just going to go ahead. You're, you're taking Ivan Jasper and Brian Newberry over, over Army, right? Like we're, we're taking, oh, of we're taking course. The, of course. We're taking of Jasper course. and Newberry. I'm, I'm, I'm taking Navy. I yeah. am taking Navy. But I will say that. Jeff Munkin was one of my coaches when yeah, I was there, and right. I love the guy. I think he's a very good coach, yeah. and I wouldn't put anything past him. So far, he's had our number. Yeah, and, and it's true. We've said that, too. I mean, very, two very different coaching styles between Ken and, and Jeff, but um, Jeff has proven himself. I mean, a, a terrific coach, and uh, and it's working, you know, different ways, but it's working. What do you think, Vince? I haven't been following the teams this year, but I'm going to be rooting for Navy. I'll there tell we you go. That. All right. I'll there be up go. there and I'll be up there in the Manion right. suite. You, and you uh, are outnumbered. Right. Yeah. Right. No yeah. offense. Tomorrow is what matters, so, so don't worry. Pete Dawkins is coming next. Wow, that'll be pretty good. So, so the last time, the last time Army won before this recent streak was my junior year, and the captain of the Army team that beat us was one of my best friends from high school and, and a guy I played football with up in Allentown. So, so you know, Clint Dotson, if you're listening to this, you know, <laughs> your, your team has been doing well since you since you had that victory 15 years, 16 years ago, whatever it was. All right, guys. Well, thank you for joining us. We'll you're see welcome. you all both tomorrow. Yeah, all right, thanks. Yeah, we'll see you there. All right, great. Yes, take, right, yeah. take a pen if you want to. Yeah, appreciate it. Thank yeah, you. If you don't, thanks. we're not a yeah, thanks, Great to see you again. Yeah, thank you. Thanks. Yeah, it's very cool to meet you. Yeah, you're welcome. Thanks very much. Thank you. You had to put up with this guy all day? Is yeah, this rough? Well, just a little. I'm, I'm okay. I, we, you know, you soldiers, right soldiers can stand by themselves. We're pretty good. All right. Hey, sir, how are you? Hey, Justin Mears. Justin, hey. how do you do? Yeah, good. Yeah, good. Nice to meet you. Kayla. Kayla? Hi. Nice to meet you. Hey, they're Austin Lantane. Austin? Yes, sir. Hi, sir. Pleasure this to meet you. my wife, Mary. Awesome. Hi, how are you, Mary? Hi. She's, nice she's checking to make sure I don't say something really yeah. wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really, if he does, really if he does we can edit it out. This isn't live. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> we can edit it out. No, have a seat. Yeah, absolutely. So we're going to be probably a little different setup as well. We're we're recording a podcast. Yeah. Good to see you. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. We're not live on the as radio. As you can tell, right we're the B team back here. We're separated in the back, but... Uh, I mean, we're, we were thrilled um, to, to hear that we get a chance to interview you, sir. Um, so Austin and I were roommates at the Naval Academy. Go ahead and say that. Oh, is that right? Oh, yes, right. Micah Miss Ratney, my congratulations. <laughs> 2009 grads. Um, we had a good four years there. Uh, we, we enjoyed it. What year? Uh, 2009 grads. 2009. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, so we got eight. We went 8-0 against Army and Air Force, so that was always always fun. Um, but uh, we, we – so – 
Um, SB Nation is, is the umbrella media company that we kind of um, write for. Our, our site is called Against All Enemies, um, uh-huh. which we think is pretty clever. But we cover all three service academies, and regardless of what, so Kayla's in the Army, in the National Guard. Oh, yeah. um, and so, Thank you for your service. Um, but to be able to talk to someone of your caliber and get your take um, on the game. So uh, once again, we're joined by General Pete Dawkins, uh, Heisman Trophy winner, Brigade Commander, Rhodes Scholar, Class pro- I mean, you name it. Um, Naval Postgrad graduate, too. Though, yeah, we right? didn't notice that, right? Did you go to the Naval Postgrad School? Know. <laughs> yeah. I actually went in the Naval Postgraduate School to finish my dissertation. I never went to the Navy PG School. Okay. Um, I'd been at Fort Ord. I was a brigade commander there. And then I had uh, like three months before I had to go to Fort Campbell where I was going to be a brigade commander there. And I wanted to finish my dissertation, but it never, you know, the Army was not being very cooperative. Yeah, that's how it goes. So, uh, he phrased that well, right? right. Yeah. <laughs> so I asked them... Um, could I have that three months between assignments um, to finish my dissertation? And so they said, sure, and I went to that and did it at the Naylor PG School. Okay, it's a great place, by the way. Oh, yeah, Monterey is great place. a beautiful oh, place, man. so Terrific. for sure. Well, we'd love to get your take on, you know, what this rivalry means to you, um, having played in it, maybe like your fondest memory um, as a player, and then just what it means for the players afterwards, like what this this building towards this game, especially for the seniors that are going out there yeah. um, on Army side, trying to you know be, win four in a row and never lose to Navy, um, and on Navy side, trying to not be that class that starts a, a streak of of not having ever beat Army. Um, you know, just from your perspective, having played in the game. Well, you know, the the, the standard uh, conventional view is that. Army Navy have two seasons. They have all the games leading up to the Army Navy game, and then there's the Army Navy game. That's not. Um, that's pretty close to being true, uh, I think. At least it felt that way uh, in the years that I was there, and I've stayed reasonably close to the game since then, and I think it remains remains true. Um, this year will be an example where you know Navy is what nine and two. Nine and two, yes, sir. Um, and we're struggling along. But if we win the Navy game, we win the Commander-in-Chief's trophy, or we keep, keep it, it. and yep. Commander-in-Chief's in yep. And we'll be the only recent team that, I don't know how to say this, did not lose to Navy in four years. <laughs> so, um, uh, so I think that, that rivalry is important. I, it had gotten out of balance in the previous years. And uh, I think I, I was struck by how many of the uh, Navy uh, former players, uh, and we do know one another and keep in track, uh, keep in touch, and are really fond friends. Uh, they were beginning to say, it's really it's important for Army to win. Uh, that you keep that rivalry uh, a real a real rivalry right. um, is important. It is the it is a game where uh, the whole nation watches it. Uh, uh, the president 
on a regular basis, and I think he'll be there this year. Yes, sir. Uh, comes to it. It's 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 more than just a football game. Absolutely. Uh, it's uh, it represents a, a number of things, and um, so that that. Uh, that makes it un that makes it unique, I think, or if not unique, at least very special. Yeah. Uh, so fondest memory of playing in the game, perhaps? And oh yeah, vivid, vividly, etched yeah. indelibly in my mind. Um, we were undefeated going into the 1958 Army Navy game. Uh, there was already some talk, mumbled talk, about me being a Heisman contender. So. Uh, on the sidelines before kickoff the coach said something that a coach should never say and he walked over to me and said they're going to try to kick they're going to kick the ball off to you don't fumble <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a terrible that is a horrible thing to say to a ball player about to receive the opening kickoff so sure enough they kicked it off to me uh, and I started up the field, ball, both arms under the ball, saying, do not fumble, do not fumble, do not fumble. And I'll be damned if, if uh, one of my own players didn't cut across me trying to make a block, hit my elbow, the ball went about 30 feet in the air, Navy recovered and scored. So much for the opening play of my final yeah. game. So I have not forgotten that. Yeah, which is crazy that... From we did. Season and still, still we did drag game. ourselves back up to win the game, yeah. but uh, not by the benefit of my opening yeah. play. It's easier to laugh about now. Yes, right? it is. <laughs> well, you know, people don't believe this, but it's really true. I never looked over to the bench for the whole time. We played both ways, you know, yeah. and so we stayed on the field. Uh, and uh, I, d I didn't dare look over at the coach. Uh, it would have it would have turned me to stone. Was he trying to get uh, you off the field? Yeah, think? I think so. <laughs> so I don't not not to put you on the spot on the, the Heisman Trophy thing here, but you brought up right that you had been a contender. Obviously, ended up winning the Heisman Trophy. I don't know how many how often you are able to make it to New York for the ceremonies and things like that each year, but. Um, you know, there have been a couple of performances, I think of Keenan Reynolds in particular, recently by Navy players and, and service county players where um, the, 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 the yardage, touchdowns, everything would say, you know, warranting um, mention perhaps as, as a Heisman Trophy winner. And um, to an outsider viewer, a lot of times it seems like the, the mission and purpose of that trophy and what it's represent, supposed to represent doesn't always line up with um, who ends up getting put in? You know, yeah. it turns out to be the best quarterback on the best team a lot of times. It, um, you know, I was surprised he wasn't one of the contenders. Mm -hmm. uh, he did, certainly deserved to be. Um, but it has, beyond that, uh, increasingly it has become a quarterback or maybe quarterback running back award. Uh, and, you know, that's. I don't think you can, um, I'm speaking as a former yes, sir. failed quarterback and then <laughs> a, did better as a running back, but I think it's fundamentally a function of the structure of, of football. Um, and I used an example recently of saying it's like an opera, um, the, the, the alto chorus 
doesn't get the attention. The soprano gets the attention. Right. Not, not because the other singers aren't as good. It's because the way an opera is set up, the soloists are the ones who get the attention. Football is kind of nowadays structured that way. Uh, the quarterbacks and the running backs, if you will, are the sopranos of the opera. Uh, interior linemen and whatnot do a tremendous job. Any of us who were ball carriers know how much we owe to the offensive line. Uh, but but the way the game is is designed, uh, it um, it ends up uh, that the people on whom the most attention is is shined um, are the the quarterbacks and running backs. And as I say, I uh, I think there I think uh, Leon Hart was the last lineman. Notre Dame and good trivia question. Yeah, there you to, go. Uh, to, just to, to, to win talk to it. Chris Falco later, maybe we'll try and see if we can stumble there. But no, that's, a, that's great. Um, I know you got to probably run to your next interview, but you have to get get your take. We we pride ourselves that we are like, I mean, one of only two you know, sites, podcasts dedicated to service game athletics. That's all we cover. So, yeah. you know, whereas everybody else is focused on a lot of other stuff and come in for the show, this is what we do year round. So I know you follow both teams. I know what you're going to say, but uh, what's your take for tomorrow? How's it going to go? <laughs> It's an obligatory question to be right, asked uh, and yeah, an obligatory yeah. answer to That's be given. Right, yeah. 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 Obviously, Army's going to overcome. No, we really do appreciate you joining Great. us. Thanks. And, uh, My it's pleasure. All, it's our pleasure. My pleasure. To Great to be with you. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, sir. Thank you very much. Cooper, what's up, man? We appreciate it. Thank you so much. Really good. Good luck to you. Thanks, Aaron. Thanks. We Thank you. Say hello. Hey. So, How are you? Hey. I've got uh, I got a couple books. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're around. Yeah, we're up here. Yeah. we got something else. Yeah, we got one, one more, and then we'll have a we'll have a break. Yeah. Right, yeah. We're going to do some uh, treasure. Uh, yeah, it'll be fun. Uh, chest or, or that treasure thing they got. Okay. No, no, no. I'm not. I did see that on the web show. For Army Navy. Or? Where are you guys yeah. staying at? Uh, I'm staying with my, my my wife's family lives here in Philly, so okay. staying with her. I don't know which where are you staying at. Like 15, 15 minutes, Lakita. Uh, nice yeah. to meet nice you. Meet you. <laughs> How you been, Cooper? Hey. How you been doing, man? You good? Yes. Yeah. Good. <laughs> you excited for the game? Yes. Yeah. Who's gonna win? Navy. Of course. Uh, of course. Of course. Navy. I have a season. Okay. What's that? Rank twenty. Rank twenty. Rank twenty three. Yeah, twenty four. <laughs> Yeah. That's a pretty good reason. There you go. I'm being corrected on my own podcast. There we go. Good job. Cooper. Keeping up with it. Can you, can you tell Justin you know, what one of your favorite phrases is now? In the book? We got time. You know. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Best way to be an over being Yeah, that's Coach good. Sweeney. <laughs> yeah, yep. yeah, I love Coach Sweeney. That's one of his famous sayings for sure. Yeah, it's a good one. Yeah, yeah. Well, glad, good man. Glad you, you like you like the book. You enjoyed it. Yeah. All right, man. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I really appreciate it. Yeah. We're going to we have an extra topic for us. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Great. So we may try to get back. You guys are here till three. We're here till probably yeah a little after three, three fifteen, something like that. And if not, um, we'll be at game day, and then we'll be at the Travis Manion tailgate, slot D at the at 
the southeast corner of the Wells Fargo um, Arena. Not the southeast corner. Yeah. Um, so that's what we'll be for most of the morning tomorrow. So if they don't, if they don't catch you, we'll be there all day. So. Sounds good. So hey, all right. Are you gonna make a sign for Coach Andy? No, we're doing uh, we're credentialed like media, so it'd probably be frowned upon if we started showing up with signs holding up in the media section. We want to. They're in our minds. Yeah. What's your sign? Yeah, the Washington State flag. That's exactly right, man. That's exactly right. We need to meet those people. Yeah, you should. Are you going tomorrow? Are you gonna go to game day? Depends on the weather. Yeah, yeah. that's true. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, Army, yeah, well, is Army passing or Russia? I have no idea. I know that they need to get uh, started with the next <laughs> guest, though, okay? So, so you're going to uh, ask uh, Austin about uh, being on the uh, field? Where, where's your seats at? Oh, he's going to be on the field. I'm going to be on the field. Yeah, he's in the, the, he's in the box. Yeah, I'll be on the field. Yeah. 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 We're, uh, we're seven rows up in the end zone opposite the uh, brigade. Okay. All right, I'll come look for you. Seven rows up. Give you a wave, all right? Sound good? All right, man. I am. Awesome. Good to see you. Thanks for reading the book. Thanks for. My wife and son have to be out for the cold seats. That's okay. The press box is really nice. Press in. Yeah. All right, see you. Thanks for coming by. Richard, what's up, man? Justin. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. Yeah, excited you guys came down, man. Yeah, man. I say I'll leave and have my seat for this one. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Sounds good. Oh. That's my boss over there. Oh, really? Yeah, they're here. You know they were going to be here? No, yeah. Okay. No. Yeah. <laughs> okay. We can go say hey too if you need to. Um, Alright, so we're waiting on General Mike Lennington, who is the CEO of the Wounded Warrior Project, to join us um, next. So we've already had uh, great. We talked to Vince Papali, talked to Pete Dawkins, former Heisman Trophy winner, 1958 Heisman Trophy winner for Army. Um, the dude was a he was brigade commander, class president, Heisman Trophy and Max Holwer winner, and then Rhodes Scholar like right afterwards, and then retired as a journalist. So, wow. Nothing else. Uh, <laughs> so my life is just yeah. Yeah, we're like, what are we doing? Yeah. <laughs> so I'm excited to have Richard Johnson join us um, at RJ Wright's. Right, that's your yeah. handle. Mm -hmm. um, but Banner Society um, is showing us the love today uh, or this weekend. So we've got. Ten total people. We got five, I believe, coming. Four or five coming from Banner Society. Squad up, baby. And uh, and we got five from against all enemies. So we got ten joining us. So, I love it. Uh, nice thanks for joining us. How you guys doing? Hey, sir. How's it going, Justin Mears? How are you, Mike? Richard Johnson. Richard, nice, nice to meet you. Kayla Jackson, nice to meet you, sir. Nice to meet you. Thanks for joining us. My pleasure. Um, we're excited to, yeah, so we're a little bit different. As you can see, we're the B team over here. <laughs> no, this is the premium that? audio experience. That That's general. We got the overhead. Yeah, we have that, an awesome yeah, view. Look at the overhead that goes with those cats over there. I mean, <laughs> you guys were organic. Exactly. You're the real, plus you got a Local TMF shirt on. Do you have a TMF shirt? Yes, sir. Was it the gala last night? And, I, I was supposed to be at the gala last night, but my plane that was supposed to land at 2 got canceled. Oh, and, goodness. of course, they... Wound up flying at 3:30 and got to DC at 5:30 and there's no yeah. way you're getting from DC to here Florida, to Ogala. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But well, I heard it was fantastic. It was not to rub it, not to rub salt. I got good. to go and speak first. last year, so yeah. I spoke at the event last year and so we had, then, we had a team there. It is great and we'd love to hear that. So we're going to be tomorrow our tailgate spot. I think uh, they said they have a thousand people signed up for the Ooh. Travis Manion tailgate tomorrow. All right. 
Um, and you had to sign up. It's not like you just show up. And uh, I think we contributed 22 of those thousand from between Expedition <laughs> and Manage Society. So we're excited to, to join That's that. That's good. Well, my um, pleasure. So love to, to get your take. You're a West Point grad, correct, sir? Yeah, uh, West Point grad. Also, my wife went to West Point, oh, graduated from West Point. Um, yes. My yes, son. Yes, um, so my wife, my wife so I went to Naval <laughs> Academy. I'm sorry to hear that. Too, so. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're you couldn't get in West Point? I could not. No, no, that's exactly, exactly. Right, just checking. So my, what, what year did you graduate from? 2009. My, my son graduated 2005 West Point. Okay. Awesome. In fact, he's the first graduate of male-female graduate West Point. First, really? The first graduate... The first child, child yes. of, yeah. of a male female, my wife and I. Wow. I graduated in 80, which was the first class with women. My wife was cadet, graduated in 81. Okay. Our first child graduated in 2005. He's number one wow. of, of the graduates. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. That's very cool. There. Yeah. And, uh, and I believe you also served as commandant um, during your Tough right? two years, man. Yeah. We lost the Navy both years. Oh, yeah. Um, but that's when Navy won 14 in a row. So what years was that? I was there eight and nine. And, okay. uh, but Navy won. Navy, you weren't even trying and you were winning. <laughs> yeah, it seemed like a that for year. a while, for sure. Uh, but, you know, since 16. Yeah, playing field is level. It has. It has. It has leveled out. And uh, we were talking, you know, a minute ago about the, you can, you can line up whatever players you want, but coaching coaching in this game certainly um, has mattered. And now Navy's had to kind of counterpunch um, bringing in Brian Newberry. Um, because since 16, um, the, the tide has turned a little bit. So, love to get your take on the rivalry, having been a, a cadet and then commandant there. Um, and then we'd love to talk more about Wounded Warrior and what you guys are doing. Perfect. And how you support the game. Yeah, perfect. Okay, well, I mean, <coughs> the game the game is, I think, the best rivalry in sports. Um, and it's a, a game that really brings out the best of our country. And that's not just a slogan. I believe that. Um, you know, young people like you all could do anything you want for kids that want to go to the academy, play sports, and then serve our country to me is the, the epitome of character. And the families that support them in those decisions, I think, are important as well. So, you know, I think, I think tomorrow's about the, the, the military, both the Navy and the Army. Um, the outcome of the game is important for the teams, but nobody will remember except academy graduates who won when. Right, but the but the the pomp and circumstance and and the and the and the precision of what you'll see both before the game, during the game, and after the game is really cool. You know, the alma maters, the you know who sings second. All is this your first game? This is my first game. Is this your first game? Yeah, two first first time. Oh my god! Yes. It's like my ninth or tenth. But. All right, so I mean, just the march on the prisoner exchange before the game, where the. The, the academy students that are doing a semester at each other's academy, they yeah. exchange them before the game. The game that they're trying to kill each other during the game. <laughs> um, and then and then after the game, when they come together, sing the alma mater of the losing team first, and then they go to the side of the winning team, sing the alma mater second. And then, obviously, yeah. you know. Flyovers. The, flyovers. The, the joint glee club. I'm sure joint like glee always. club. President, president being there every year or the vice president yeah. swapping sides at halftime. Yeah. Uh, it's an incredible game. And the ambiance is unbelievable. It's one of, it is one of those things where I've tried to tell people when I know they're going for the first time, like, I really just can't, like, there's just things that you can't explain. And the ambiance of Army-Navy is one of those. It's like, unless you're there, like, you can kind of kind of sense it on, on TV if you've watched it before, but it's kind of hard to put any words until you show up. And, and I get choked up sitting here just thinking about it. Yeah. And the game heading games tomorrow. Yeah. 
and I remember I remember the first game and I went to in 76 I think you guys weren't born yet <laughs> 77 was the coldest game I've it's the coldest I've ever been in my life was the 1977 Army Navy game it was zero degrees the teams played at Franklin Field right here in Philly unprotected it was like a big bowl wind was blowing 20 miles an hour and it was zero degrees hard fought game Army was leading throughout the game 17-14 Navy drives down the field at the end of the game fourth and three from the three yard line they had a chance to kick a field goal they said now we're going to go for it they did a halfback sweep left pass the halfback stop passed it in the end zone deflected incomplete army wins the game 17 14 navy could have kicked the field goal and tied it they don't there's no ties tomorrow (laughs) in fact if a team scores at the end and has a chance to tie it with with an extra point or go for two they're going to go for two there's no question about it but that's the that's the game and of course the only game where both players on both sides, you know, six months from now will swear an oath and be commissioned as officers in the Army and the Navy is what makes makes the game so special. I, if I may yeah, pop yeah, in, I, I, you've been around the, the rivalry since the mid-70s, as you're saying. How have you seen the rivalry kind of nationally grow up as kind of college yeah. football has become second fiddle only to the NFL, you know, I mean, yeah. it's kind of this special thing at the end Army, of the season. I mean, and, and because it's always the it's always the week after all the great rivalries, you know, Auburn, Alabama, Florida, Florida State, Georgia, Georgia Tech, um, it, it is the only game on TV tomorrow. So the, the, the rivalry has remained strong, but and it also has become more than a game for citizens that watch the game. And especially if you look at the games during the wartime years, you know, the fact that the Army-Navy game brings the nation together. By the way, we're a nation pretty damn divided right now. Tomorrow's game may be the only thing that you'll see on TV in the next, you know, six months, ten months, a year, five years, ten years, that is, is, uh, is, is, is cohesive and brings the country together. So we'll, uh, we'll just hope for a good game. I hope it rains like cra- Navy's nine and two. Yeah. They're favored by ten. Yeah, so, so it was ten and a half, and it was down to ten now. But it's actually funny because uh, so one of the Banner Society guys, I believe it was Godfrey, um, wrote a piece this week about just kind of really the history of, of nothing being able to stop Army Navy except for you know a player dying once and like yeah. um, some questions over eligibility back in like the early nine or early 1900s. Um, but that you know. Um, Cuban Missile Crisis, President Kennedy assassination. Yeah, the famous story of Kennedy assassination, um, where you know Mrs. Kennedy said, you know, keep the game, keep the game, let's play the game. I think they played it the first week in December, instead of when it was scheduled, which was too close to the burial of Kennedy at Arlington. But nothing stops the Army Navy game, um, and. You know the commitment to the athletes is is uh, the same commitment to our to our nation's heroes. That you know, one percent of Americans serve. So you know, being there to support those that are at the academies, I think, is important. I know you have to jump to your next interview, which is probably a live radio, not <laughs> podcast recording. So it's probably important to keep you um, going. But uh, I'd be remiss if we didn't um, talk about the Winter Warrior Project yeah. here at the end. So thank kinda, you. Most people. Um, probably know of, but but you know maybe not everything you guys do and, and are doing. Can you please kind of just give us a, a rundown? Yeah, so real quick, since 2003, uh, Wounded Warrior Project's been meeting the needs of uh, wounded, ill, and injured service members in lots of ways, primarily uh, physical health and wellness, 
re recovery, rehabilitation, um, mental health uh, tr uh, treatment and awareness. Um, we have an independence program that serves warriors in their homes that are grievously injured. And then we have a jobs program and a benefits program and all the rest of it. Um, all of our programs are free to all veterans that take advantage of it, take advantage of them. We believe that um, veterans have paid their dues on the battlefield, so they don't need to pay for what they've earned in recovery and rehabilitation. Um, we're not the government. Um, we don't take government money. We support ourselves on the philanthropy of average American citizens. So to get involved or contribute, go to our website at woundedwarriorproject.org. And for those that are listening to your podcast, if you're a veteran and you're not getting the care you've earned through the VA, then reach out to us for help on our website, register as an alumni, or call our hotline at 1-888-WWP-ALUM, A-L-U-M, W-W-P-A-L-U-M. That's a 1-888 number, and we'll connect you with programs and services that will help you recover. Thank you so much, sir. Um, and like, like you said, important to point out it's not just we're not just talking the physical wounds of the world we're talking mental um, health support as well too so yeah it's actually our bigger challenge yeah. yeah so thank you for joining us thank you for taking the time my I know pleasure you got to off to your next one but we really, really appreciate right. it thank Thanks you for everything you you're doing thank you nice to meet you nice to meet you sir nice to meet you. thank you all right that was general mike lennington wounded warrior project ceo they really are a terrific organization so all right, so well, I got the two of you here together. This is your first time. Uh, has Ryan been before? I don't think he has either. Ryan has not been. I don't think so. A lot of first-timers. What are you most excited for um, heading into this game? Army-Navy, first-time experience. I like. I love the fact that I think Navy, on balance, is the better team. Navy is favored by whatever 10 points or how, however much it is. Um, Navy ended the season besides the Notre Dame game very strongly. Um, but then it literally doesn't matter because both of these teams have spent the last year and change planning whatever for this game. Like It, it does not matter um, what has happened over the last three or so months. And I think that's what makes this game so fun. Like this game, for me, I, I was talking to my mom um, in, in the cab ride over from the airport. And it's interesting because when I was a kid, I remember I was, for whatever reason, never at home for the Army-Navy game. I was at camp or whatever. Um, and I would always have my mom record the game. And so I would come home from, you know, Boy Scouts or whatever it was and, and watch the, the taped uh, Army-Navy game, no matter if I knew who won or not. But, like, I was such a passionate college football fan and I knew that the game was so special and so cool. Um, even going to, you know, growing up in Florida um, and, and not having any military members really in my immediate family or, or, or friend group. Like, the, the game is special and I think that there are so many things that we can be really cheesy about in college football, um, and we do it a lot, we the world, we being the media, but yeah. this is cool, man. Yeah. Like, this is really, really cool. Um, and I'm excited to be here and, and excited to finally get to my first one, and hopefully it's the first of many. Yeah, and I don't know if it's the, and I'll get, you, get your take too, but I don't know if it's the, the style of football that they both run, right, that kind of adds to it, but it just has this throwback feel. Yeah. Um, even just watching it, once again, if you haven't even experienced it for the game, um, of just like hard nose, smash mouth, um, football and you know, records aside, it doesn't matter. You're coming to this game. And, uh, every rivalry says it, right? Our records don't matter. This right, right. But 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 this is one where um, I feel like the the games and the scores have stood the test of time of, of kind of showing that. You know, so um, so Kayla, you're in the army, um, 
and you deserve a strike in the National Guard. So I'm sure this has been on your bucket list um, for a while now. <laughs> and you're a huge college football fan too. Um, so what are you most excited about? I think it's kind of what you referenced before, some of those like intangibles, just the feeling, um, you know, especially as service members, there is there's is a lot of pomp and circumstance between like events that we have, um, whether it's, you know, like a military ball, um, you know, it's a change of command ceremony. Um, even in the past, you know, there have been times when I haven't been able to watch, uh, you know, my, my teams at drill um, or, you know, we're activated for hurricanes or, you know, overseas for humanitarian missions. Um, but the great thing that I love about this game um, is like, you know, like the tag, America's game. No matter, like, you know, you don't have a college football team, you do. Um, you can support this game, you can watch this game. And it really does bring everybody together. And I'm kind of really excited for those, um, <clears throat> you know, beginning traditions, everybody, you know, seeing everybody on the field, like, uh, you know, seeing the cadets, um, the mids on the field, you know, everybody, you know, formed up. It really does get me choked up. It's something about um, that tradition. Being able to be kind of a part of you know this community, like I said, it brings everybody together, and it's really special. Um, and being you know my first one, and of course seeing it in person um, in Philly in this huge NFL stadium, like you really can't beat it. So yeah. lo lots of good things to come together. Yeah, I think of like for us, you know, with you guys being here, um, it's like arch. I don't know, it's like if you like playing this big party or something, and and you've been excited and pumped up to show your friends like the new pool you put in the backyard yeah. whatever it is, like, like that's what it is for us where it's like yeah yeah i know like we we play second fiddle all year long but like this like this is it for us like we get that chance to, to invite you guys into the party and be a part of it um so ryan uh thanks for joining us too sure you know first first time for you too first time uh, yeah so same thing what, what are you excited about so i was richard and i on the drive over here naturally we're florida fans so we have to talk about Florida, Georgia, <laughs> even though it's already happened. You, know, you guys know Kayla's a Florida State fan, by the way? I did not. Oh, I'm man. out. I'm yeah, off. No. I'm off it. I'm going back to the hotel. It's okay. I'm out of okay. here. Um, and it occurs to me, thinking about that, like most rivalries in the rest of college football, Florida, Georgia, Florida State, Miami, USC, UCLA, that's maybe the meanest one. <laughs> like... There is there these rivalries are words where hate is thrown around a lot. Like I hate when Florida loses to Georgia. You hate when Florida State loses to Miami. And like Army Navy has all the intensity of all those other rivalries, but for some reason it never feels and maybe this is just me from an outsider perspective, it never feels like it has that element where you're just like, Oh, I just I just absolutely hate it. Like neither side wants to lose this game, but at the end of it, it's sort of like what we all hope and think sportsmanship can be and frequently is not and there isn't that like oh great one side's going to go out into the world and just hate the other one for 364 days until we do this all over again yeah. there is a there is a very different kind of rivalry angst about it like you know it's a oh we lost this year we'll get them next year but like Auburn, Alabama, it's like, hey, I poisoned their trees. Right. Like, I don't, it, well, there's not, I don't think there's that kind of sabotage of the other side with Army Navy. Please correct me if I'm wrong. <laughs> I would love to be correct. If there is something <laughs> like fair, that going on, I'd love to hear it. Once you get an Army Navy sabotage, it's much more serious. Yeah, it's, it's a bigger deal. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, I, so I taught ROTC for three years at Ole Miss, so I got to learn Oh, I, yeah. The Ole Miss Mississippi State yeah. Egg Bowl rivalry, which is something I didn't, like, as a college football fan, I knew existed and was something. But then when I came apart, uh, not like, I don't know, it was really organic. But you I got on the ground level, though. I mean, yeah. you, you were there. Yeah. Yeah. 
and and through that you start recognizing that level of hate that exists between rivalries which I did not really know because to your point I, my rivalry was the Army Navy game yeah. I grew up in Virginia so I was a Virginia Tech fan Michael Vick days like that's what I like but even the Commonwealth Cup Virginia Tech Virginia it wasn't really like you know well, I mean, when, when you win every year, and I'm a Clemson, so, so I'm, so I'm so a Clemson guy, and I was at the brawl game. Um, yes. Oh yeah, know, baby. Practice, so I mean, so I've, I've, I've been a part of it. Yeah. So same thing. Like we've there's, been a part. There's of something about this when you lose, which I have least experience on. Uh, you kind of have to respect it and accept it, and, and you know, and, and you have bragging rights the next 364 days, but it's not, it's not that that hate build. It's kind of like beating your brother in basketball, where you're like. I'm really happy I did that, but like we're not gonna wake up tomorrow and hate each other, yeah. you know. So I will bring this in and, and apologize to Scott Lopez ahead of time, but 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 we introduced Air Force into the conversation, uh-huh. and like <laughs> and you, you'll find out like, that that is where. I just yeah, feel oh like yeah. That's where the hate gets directed. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. It's those, those old school, the good, the bad, the ugly shirts. Yeah. 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 Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's directed yeah. third all the way to Air Force. That's what I remember. I did a story, um, and I was talking to a bunch of kind of. of both Navy and Army guys, and that they said the same thing. They were like, "When you bring up Air Force, it was a different story. When you bring up Air Force, it's a different ball of wax." Um, and there is some legitimate kind of like spite and kind of less of the kind of the American pageantry around those two games, Army and Air Force, Navy and Air Force, um, than there is around this. Why is that? Why is it a different? Uh, I mean, I think part of it is because Air Force dominated for so long in the rivalry and their whole that they've held onto that. And as um, the new kid in the fight too. Right. Right. Yeah. right. yeah, as the little brother that kinda of came in and started from, you know, Fisher to Barry, you yeah. know, just kinda of owned that the rivalry. Um, Troy Calhoun is this is a we do cover all three service academies. We try to, you know, keep it keep things right. Right. but Troy Calhoun is just a different animal. That guy yes. is, uh, <laughs> we, we and I don't know if you guys, you know, have been looking ahead to bowl season, but if you can find or come up with a better um, you know, interview that you would like to see of two coaches in a game between Mike Leach and Strike They're just an awkward uh-huh. cat. And so <laughs> that's, that's part of it, too, uh, I think. And just from the players, like players we know, like just in the game, like it just, I don't know, they just kind of came across the wrong way. Yeah. And they, they just really um, did not did not like it, did not get along. And then you get to the fact of still like the younger brother thing of um, Scott in particular, is our main Air Force contributor. You know, the, the one thing he despises most is when people say they're going to post it tomorrow on Twitter, it's going to be all over. The only game where everybody on both sides okay, of the ball is yeah. willing to die for you know, <laughs> the, the country. Yeah. And Scott's like, wait a second, like, we played two, you know, right. two games that are the exact right. same thing. And so they're really... Of the year like this. <laughs> so they hate it. And he's got this idea that somehow, somehow Air Force... Nathan Pine, AD there, somebody is going to figure out a way to like get Air Force in the mix this this week of the year against you know. Oh Army wow! Navy. It's like yeah, yeah. we're like, dude, like that would play the Citadel or something. No, like as, yeah, that's a whole like, other like, thing. Like, it would rotate who, who plays in this game. So, oh, okay, yeah. got it. Got it. He likes it as like a round robin, I think, where it would almost be like. But it's never going to happen. Yeah, like Army would, and Navy would never ever right. give this what's, up. Yeah, and like, why? Like the, why would the, like, is there a, is yeah. is there a literal like we won't stoop to that level type thing kind of going on? I think it's just the there's a I think the monetary value yeah. of this, of this of the yeah. recruiting value of this. Why would Army or Navy ever agree to maybe not being a part of it? And fracturing right. Right. Only game like, on Sorry, Air Force, right. we've got a good right. deal right now. Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? And this is a very perfect week. There is like December is a low key awful month for sports until like until kind of the bulls roll around. It's, well, and the NFL it's also playoffs. funny because 
we won't name names, but Richard was telling me he was doing the New York circuit of the media events that are happening around the Heisman and IMG and blah blah blah. And this year, like, and this is not this is not that irregular. There are a lot of people who are like, I would rather be at Army Navy than going through the motions with, I don't know, a Heisman. We think we all know yeah, what's going exactly. to happen with. So. Yeah. Anything yeah, or early the idea NBA that, season, right? The idea that this would somehow become sometimes Army, sometimes Navy seems crazy. Yeah, no, I, once again, it's a wow. <laughs> <thing. laughs> uh, but I think, too, so if you, I don't know if you remember, oh, sorry, you even remember this, but um, this game had fallen on championship weekend mm -hmm. um, for a couple of years, and so there was when a we strategic it, decision yes. where it did start to become second fiddle to SEC championship yep. in the same time slot, essentially, right? Yep. Um, and so they intentionally moved it to this week, which has presented challenges only once so far, um, where um, potentially the college football playoff, the bowls, all that kind of oh, stuff. Oh, I want, happen. I that, want like, was nothing that, was more. Was that Keenan's year? That was yeah. Keenan's senior yeah. year, where Navy was playing in the AAC championship game. Yeah, uh, was, we lost. So no, that was Woolworth's no, year. Yeah, Woolworth's yeah, yeah, year. Woolworth's yeah. year, yeah. 2016. Um, where there was a chance if maybe it beat Temple in the AC Championship that this, they would have to delay everything. Right. I want nothing more right. than for one of these two teams to be undefeated coming into this game and have the entire committee thing delayed. Yeah. Yeah. Because they, they said they'd do it. They um, and I, I just want to see it happen. I want to see what it would look like. I don't think they say they will do it. And they well, they're group, both of these teams are group of five teams, so they will not actually <laughs> yeah. end right. up. Well, for the G5, my, my point to that is when the last Navy rankings came out, they purposely set it up. When they when they still had a chance to win the AAC. Yes, yeah. Prior yeah. to Memphis purposely. beating yeah. But like Boise, was, and this doesn't be like an AAC Mountain West conversation, but it, it seemed to me like there was no – they purposely made it so there was no chance Navy was – like it was going to happen. Right. Like it, it was going to be very hard for Navy to jump five spots. But when you look – Resume versus resume. There's yeah. an argument there that Navy could have been better than Boise at that point. Sorry, I, Brian, go. Well, no, I mean, <laughs> I hear what you're saying. They're group of five, so whatever. But it's very different to be like, oh, we're going to screw over Memphis or SMU or UCF. And like, <laughs> we're going to screw troops. over a service <laughs> again. No, but the, the one thing that Navy does have in its favor is it plays Notre Dame. Yeah. So it plays Notre Dame every year, and yeah. if if all else fails, they uh, a twelve and zero conceivable Navy will sure. have had that win. And Army usually has like somebody like, yeah. as an independent. You got some. Next year's Oklahoma yeah. traveling yeah. to yeah. Army. Right. And, yeah. and I mean they got this they got close. On there. That's yeah. right. That's right. That's, yeah. that's some the scheduling thing. When Navy gets a big game, big team name, it's usually a neutral location. They right. Go to Raven State, whatever it's called now. Right. They're yeah. To get a to get a home at home with Oklahoma. Yeah. Exactly. But but Army gets them in there. I mean, it only sells thirty five thousand seats. Yeah. Navy's like let's sell seventy over yeah. there. But. Right. <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, it, it, to, yeah, to your point, so that, that's that's interesting. And if that ever happened, uh, it would be – so even, like, with Army, though, like, they, you bring in the independence thing, too, and it's like, okay, so if Army had beat Hawaii and they were 6-6 six and six coming into this game, um, because of Hawaii they have that 13th game, right. bowl eligibility would have been on the line. Well, they don't have a bowl – they don't have a tie-in. Yeah. Uh, starting next year, they have, uh, I believe, the independence bowl every other year, but – being independent, they don't have a bowl tie-in, so like they're they're playing that gamble a little bit of yeah. we could be going into Army Navy game. Everybody else has already kind of selected their bowls. Is somebody going to hold out for us to see if we beat Navy to be yeah. bowl eligible type thing? Yeah. So there's a lot of dynamics yeah. um, with the game being so late after everything else coming in the season. For sure. Would you on the balance though? Would you move it back or would, or do you everything else you know throw it out the window because it's yeah. special? There, there's too many positives. I think for both schools, um, you know, outside of just the game. Like people are watching um, like you said monetary like 
there's just no other possibility that they would give that up. You know, the chance that we get lesser rewards, you know, or what have you. I think the build up to this um, is too much of a positive for them. Yeah. And just what are the odds of the situation you described? Right, right, like, right. you're playing that, that game, like, for Army, they would have to be a top 12 team because they don't have the G5 lock into the New Year's Six, right? So they got to right. be in the top 12 to even be eligible. Like, right. the odds of even an undefeated team for Army being. Um, being in the top 12 or Navy running the table. I mean, they just, I, mean, I would if, not. If Navy and Air Force can't both get ranked after two weeks, <laughs> right, 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 right. I'd, uh, you know. Awesome, you come, you come jump in. You did the first interview, Jesse. So we're, we're proud to uh, to have Navy football alum uh, and uh, Lieutenant, it says Lieutenant on there, but I already know insider information. Yeah. Lieutenant Commander <laughs> Select, you still select or do you put yeah, 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 it on? Yeah, select, select. Select. Yeah. I put it on next summer. Yeah, so putting on Lieutenant Commander next summer in the Navy Reserves, uh, Service Warfare mm-hmm. Officer, turned NASCAR driver, um, Jesse Awuji to, to be on the podcast. I'm actually going to jump off and let Austin on this one because I believe he interviewed you interviewed you before, um, but we're really, really pumped to have you join us on cool. the, the podcast here at Against the Do, do so. I need to have this close? No, nah, you're good, man. Okay. He'll pick you up, yeah. Jesse, what's happening, man? Hey, How are you? Pretty good, pretty good. Good, good. We're happy to have you here, like Justin just said. Yeah. Um, so we, we covered this a little bit on the Where Where Are They Now series that we were doing on our website for the blog itself, but quick high level in terms of where you are today and the, and the difference in terms of what your college career was in terms of athleticism and kind of what that's presenting today as, as your uh, career, right? Like that's what it is. Yeah, yeah. So um, where I was then was I was a college football player. I was a track athlete too, and I was doing all that stuff. And then now I've transitioned to now I'm racing in NASCAR. So um, a lot of same physical type traits I still need. Like I, a lot of the same physical stresses still happen to the bo- my body when I'm, play- uh, when I'm racing. So, you know, going through the heat stress, going through all that stuff. I think I lose more um, water weight in a race than I have ever like in a football game or, or a practice or something like that. So um, it's pretty crazy. And uh, I've never had to drink Pedialyte before any game or practice. <laughs> I have to do it now for, for races. So um, yeah, it's pretty crazy. Just the hydration side of it. And then you know, with G-forces, I mean, going through each corner, I mean, there's a lot of G-forces on your body. I mean, it, it, it's, it's pretty wild. Yeah. And so is it, is it safe to say, not only from a football aspect, but something that was obtained on the physical challenges of being at the Naval Academy has like helped you mentally prepare for that? And I, I know we talked before, too, in terms of your family, yeah. uh, probably all that factored into that. But would you give some credibility to what happened for your four years as a midshipman as well? Yeah. Did um, you go to, were you at NAPS for a year, too? Is I did. Right? So I went, I went to NAPS in 2005 to 2006, and then 2006 to 2010 was at the Naval Academy. And yeah, um, everything I learned at the Academy, I think, definitely helped me for sure um, you know, transition into what I'm at right now. Now, so um, you know, being able to manage all the different stresses in life and, and time management and uh, you know projects and uh, people, you know, having to deal with people and, 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 and pull a group together and have everyone go from point A to point B, all that stuff is stuff I learned at Naval Academy, which I started doing again in the fleet, and then from the fleet going into NASCAR, and then um, even like in the fleet. Uh, doing different evolutions on the ship. You always have to do safety briefs. So being able to get up in front of the ship and speak to, you know, 30, 40 people and, and present something and be super knowledgeable about it, you know, I apply those same skills to the stuff I do now when I do public speaking events and things like that. So it's all part of the game and stuff I learned at the Naval Academy I also learned while on the ships. Yeah, that's great. Um, Richard and Ryan are here with us. These guys are with Banner Society. Yeah. Kinda- the, the upper umbrella of SB Nation. <laughs> they're, they're above us joining, giving us some time. Um, I don't think we got a NASCAR podcast or anything out there. Not that I'm SB aware Nation. of. Not that I'm aware of. NASCAR experience. Ever been to Daytona, Florida boys? I have. Yeah, I've been to the July race, the July yeah, Daytona race. It's hot. It's it was hot. it like <laughs> it was really, it was really fun. Yeah. Um, I like 
I've always wondered, like, what's the most annoying drive in NASCAR? Like, what's the track that you're like, I like really don't like driving around the one this that for keeps you four hours? <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I haven't been on a track yet that annoys me that much. Um, there's so much going on on these tracks. There's, there's tracks that are harder than others for sure. Um, and those ones, I think, some of the tougher ones I haven't really been on yet. So you, you think of places... Um, like the one in South Carolina, I'm blanking on the name. Darlington. Right? Darlington, yeah. Darlington, yeah. Darlington. So Darlington uh, is definitely a tough track. I've heard Indy is tough because it's just such a hot time frame and like there's there's not a lot of wind and air flowing through that yeah. yeah through that area so have you done either of the road courses yet i've done sonoma sonoma's fun it's definitely hot for sure but it's not humid at least so that's that, that, that's good but um yeah sonoma's definitely fun for sure i've run canadian tire motorsports park i haven't run uh, Watkins Glen yet and um i've run uh, utah motorsports campus which i did in the nascar canyon series and i've run some other road courses too cool Stock car, truck, right? You've done, and what else? Like, I mean, are, are, are those two? Yeah, so, so you know, first start getting into racing, I started racing late model stock cars, and then from there moved up to the NASCAR K&N series, which is like another car series, and then from there moved up to the ARCA series, which is basically the same car, just a different motor, and then from there moved up to the NASCAR truck series, um, and then my next step would be the NASCAR Xfinity series. So the um, goal is to move up to that, hopefully this coming up year, and, um, you know, make some moves to, you know, continue to keep this journey alive and, and, and achieve it possible. So, so what, I'm going to take the flip of Richard's question. Where is your favorite place to race? Yeah, so favorite place to race, um, I would say it's less, on, on the road course side, I love Sonoma. Sonoma was awesome, but Canadian Tire Motorsports Park was just a really beautiful track to race at. You know, it was like nice and green. Sonoma was like all brown everywhere, dead grass. <laughs> I mean, how much, how much do you get to take in? Um, when you start driving, <laughs> like, after, 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 after a couple hours, you start being able to take in the scenery. Like, really? Yeah, so you kind of like yeah, know the grooves yeah, and you know, yeah, like, yeah, you're, yeah. Just, you're kind of running and you're just like, okay, you connect, but at first you're kind of like, I picture like a in. downhill skier just taking a moment to be like, oh, this is really beautiful. Yeah, <laughs> you know, you're kind of looking like, wow, this is gorgeous, you know? And so, um, yeah, you're, you're out there racing for hours that, you know, hours on end. You get to eventually get to a point where you start taking everything in and you're like, okay, this is actually pretty cool. Like, I'm actually here doing this. Like, I'm actually competing on TV right now so um that's that's a cool aspect to it cool is there sort of like a stage where you're driving like you said like do you know you start off one way you go into like autopilot mode and then like you know the, you know kind of the last lap and is there like a method yeah <laughs> Mental, yeah yeah so, so depending on how long the green flag run is so once you get to into like a 10 15 20 lap green flag run um yeah you do get into this kind of autopilot mode where now it's just you know rhythm you just keep the rhythm just boom, <laughs> and then, um, you know, eventually, that, that's why they have the stage breaks now. So they have stage one, stage two, you know, stage three um, in all the races. So there is a break, you know, so that you don't have this crazy 100-lap um, green flag run in, in, in our races or something like that. So that you can actually break it up and go back to a point where, okay, now we can restart it. We can get everyone back together and, um, like, shake it up a little bit. So, um, but, yeah, when you do go on a long run, yeah, you just get into this rhythm and you just try to stay consistent and keep running the same lap time over and over and over. Um, all right, question I know you're asked a million times. The bathroom question. <laughs> I, didn't, I know you get it all the time. I got to ask yeah. it. 
How do you navigate? How do you, what do you do? You just don't go? So, um, with all the heat stress happening in the race car, I mean, these race cars are 100 to 150 degrees inside, like every single race. So you're sweating a ton. So um, it's just like running a marathon. Like, usually you don't have to pee when you're running a marathon. Yeah. So um, it's the same thing in a race car. You're sweating so much that you shouldn't have to pee. Now, leading up to it, you got to pee a lot. I probably pee like 10 times leading up to it because, oh, wow. like, you know, drinking so much water yeah. and Pedialyte and all that To stuff. kind of store in the fluid. Oh, yeah. For yeah. Your body's just, like, trying to release it all. And uh, um, I'm telling my body, no, keep it in. You're gonna need it. I promise you. Just <laughs> give me a moment. You're gonna be sweating. You know. So, um, yeah, it's uh, usually I don't have to pee. Um, now, number two, I don't know. That's a little bit different. <laughs> you know, I've heard of some people having to do it was that. A challenge on a P3 too. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard of some people doing it in the car. Um, people have puked in the car too, and you know, there's different things that happen. So, um, it's a lot of physical stress on the body. I mean. That's a lot of G-forces. Like, if you get in motion sick at all, or if you, like, get in type of car sickness, like, going in a race car and going, you know, 180 miles per hour into a corner, like, you know, a lot of times, <laughs> it's, uh, it can, it can have a, it can take a toll on the body. What is your, what is your prep look like, like, to say you've got a race coming up, what is the first step that you're doing? How far out from that race are you saying, okay, sitting down with your crew and saying, okay, we're looking ahead to this, step one is what? Yeah, so um, it, it just depends. One, depends what team you're on. Yeah. Two, depends on you know what what y'all are trying to accomplish. But let, let's say on like the bigger teams who are like focused on trying to win a championship and things like that. You know, there there are guys who are building the cars. They're building the cars like weeks in advance, yep. like six, seven weeks in advance. Um, the actual team, like as far as a, a, a approaching a particular race, they're having meetings. You know, the first of the week, so you, they'll have these team meetings where they meet together and try to discuss, you know, race strategy, setup of the car, all that stuff. Drivers will start going to simulator time, so you go to a simulator. The simulator is like this room where you sit in like this cockpit, like real race car, and it like simulates real racing. And you have this huge screen, and it feels like real life. Like it literally feels like real life. When you hit the wall, it's like the whole thing. Like, <laughs> crazy. Not that I hit the wall a lot in those. <laughs> so you've heard. I mean, better yeah. there than yeah, at the yeah, track. Yeah, I've heard. I've heard. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, it is better there than at the track. You know, you can try different things and learn some stuff and. And um, if you make a mistake, it's not going to cost you a lot of money. Yeah. You know? How 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 much do you know cars? Are you like, I want to be in the mechanic, like in the shop with uh -huh. y'all, or is it just give it to me on, on Sunday and I'll run it? Yeah. yeah. So um, I I am not a mechanic myself. I don't like to toy with stuff a lot. Um, I know about the cars. I know a lot of the parts and pieces and how they work. But as far as me actually going hands on and actually work on it, I don't like doing it because I don't have the patience. Right? <laughs> like, like to work on the to be like an actual mechanic and actually work on a car um that takes a certain level of patience and um it's just it's crazy like i don't i don't have that kind of patience to make sure everything screws on perfectly and comes on like i, I want it to screw on perfectly and perfectly come off but it don't always happen and to have the patience to work on it that's just not me but you know i know about the motors i know about the setups i know about how a lot of this general stuff works um so usually i'll just give my crew chief feedback hey, hey you know, I'm feeling this in the car, maybe let's try changing this, or, or maybe they'll give me a suggestion. I'll be like, yeah, maybe you could do that, or maybe try this. So I, I have a general knowledge. I just wouldn't say that I'm the person to go underneath and start wrenching. Do you, are there guys on circuit like that? Who there are, are like people, literally under the car? There are some people who will wrench on their own cars. Um, it's not advised. You should be focusing on driving, because you don't want to wear yourself out. That stuff's taxing, too, on your body. You're like, you know, getting underneath and doing this and getting this off, and that's taxing, too. I feel too like it's like, co like some college football coaches are like, yeah, I'm going to be in drills, and I'm going to be putting hands on it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, like if, a coach, yeah. if a coach is like, 
you know, yeah, in the drills and also, you know, running the drills too. Doing also, that they can't go coach because now they're just wearing themselves out. Right. You know, right. so you gotta. Yeah. At the end of the day, everyone has their job. Everyone needs to do their job. Yeah. I was thinking uh, on the negative side of Adam Gase in the NFL, maybe in a dog trying to call plays as the head coach has no clue what's happening on right. defense. Right. Right. <laughs> yes. right. uh, racing drama, right? So sports center, I turn it on. Unfortunately, more often than not, when when NASCAR or something might actually make a top ten, it's like a guy throws a helmet yeah. at a car. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Like, how real is that? Is it just kind of like heat of the moment, or are there some bitter rivalries of some guys out there? there there's you know? some some little rivalries. I wouldn't say they're bitter just yet, um, because these guys they got race against each other all year round. Eventually, they get over it. But um, there are some stuff that happens, and a lot of it's just heat of the moment. Like you know, you're about to win a race and someone takes you out, or you're about to win a race and someone does something to you that affects you, and now you can't win the race. Um, you know, people get angry, and then afterwards they express their their frustrations. And NASCAR has been more. Um, forgiving on allowing people to express their frustration <laughs> so with that you've seen probably more fights pop up recently than, than there has been in the last few years nothing you've been a part of though i haven't been a part uh, of one don't feel like being a part no, of one yeah. i don't know if anyone feels like crossing me like that but yeah. you know if they do then you know i imagine <laughs> the last thing you want to do after you know however many hundred miles of racing is like get out and start throwing you know so. yeah yeah i mean it's like, yeah, it's, i don't know some people are crazy you never know yeah what uh like what kind of driver do you kind of describe yourself as are you like a earnhardt where you're like barreling down on somebody or are you kind of like more finesse i don't know if that's a real term yeah for, for me i'm more of kind of a patience guy like like i'm more of in order to finish first, you must first finish. Yeah. You know, so, so I'm you not gotta the, wait for your spot. Yeah, take yeah. wait. You know, I'm, I'm more basically like if, if I get it, I get it. If I don't, I don't. Like I'm more of like I want to make sure I get to the end because the only way to even have a good finish is to be there at the end. So I'm I sometimes I I won't I won't do certain things. I won't take certain chances because there's no point. You know, it's like hey. We're in the beginning of the race. What's the point of me trying to get past you right now? Like, if I try and then you try to block me and this and now we take each other out, we're out stage one and that's it, you know? So, um, for me, I'm more of like a, hey, let me just kind of watch it play through and then, um, you know, I just use a little bit of patience and tactics and just strategy and, like, get to the end of the race. Then when you're in the last 20, 30 laps, that's when you kind of go, you know, boom, all out and try to, you know, gain as many spots as you can and, and put yourself in a position to have the best finish that you can. To, to continue off that, strategically then, if you're in a situation where you know someone might be more of kind of a pedal to the metal, balls to the wall kind of guy, and he's right behind you or two cars behind you, is like, is that being voiced over to you? Like, hey man, watch out, you got so-and-so behind you, you know he's gonna try and make that move. Or so you always have a spotter in your ear. So there's always a spotter who's standing at the top of the grandstands, wherever they're at, they're looking down and they're telling you basically where people are at. So when someone comes up behind you, they'll let you know, hey, you know, he's two cars back, uh, one car back, um, you know, on your rear quarter, whatever, that's they're kind of spotting and telling you what's happening. So you know, and uh, you have a rear room mirror too that you check every once in a while. <laughs> yeah. When you're not checking out the other scenery, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when you're driving around town, like, it, are you just, are you completely like shut off? Like, there's never any like, this guy cut me off. Like, go like, you know, I, I don't get the only thing that will get me upset on the streets is if someone makes a move that requires me to get on my brakes hard to keep from a crash happening. And I'm not the type of person who, just because you got in front of me, I get on my brakes. If you get in front of me, as long as I'm not going to hit you, I'm not on my brakes. You know, but if you do something that requires me, like me, if I actually got to get on my brakes, then that you know you did something bad. <laughs> you know? So, so, so then, then I get a little upset then. I don't, like, I don't have road rage or anything like that. But, like, in my head, I'm just like, geez, like, what are you doing? Like, how, you know? like, how night and day is it truly, like, 
from like interstate drive because we all like are on the interstate and we all like to think yeah. we're like passing Race this guy and that and guy. Like, stuff, yeah. like how night and day is it really? So have you ever gone into an off ramp and you know how you know the, the speed goes from on the highway maybe sixty five or so like yeah. twenty yeah. like twenty five or thirty. Yeah. Triple that speed on the off ramp <laughs> yeah. and be next to somebody else and only have space for one person but you're next to someone and else it's 150 and it's 150 degrees right. <laughs> yeah, and both of you want that spot and both of you want that spot yeah. and you'll do that 300 times in a row yeah and turn up the heat turn up the heat yeah it's 150 degrees that sounds easy enough alright yeah, yeah. yeah. that sounds yeah. easy enough now you're not so worried about peeing yeah. <laughs> by the way every time you go in that corner you, you get a little sideways every single time yeah. right next to them right and just do that yeah 300 times in a row <laughs> then that, you know yeah so then hopefully that kind of puts in what like it's not just going He's straight so really nice. right <laughs> oh he really is he really is trying to get out of philly uh-huh. like going up some of these off ramps i'm like okay i'm, I'm kind of pushing it in this corner <laughs> <laughs> well we definitely appreciate you stopping by uh you'll be at the game tomorrow i'll be at the game i'll be there with usaa so uh, we're out here promoting the game pushing the usa big sponsor of this game and done a lot to help promote this rivalry and put it out there so big thanks to them and all they're doing and um you know hopefully everyone goes to armynavygame.com so that they can check out all the different updates and things that usa has going on they're helping promote and push all the different uh, rivalry, uh army navy rivalries throughout all the different sports so um you know a lot of great things happening that's Looking a good driver it. good driver yeah. shout yeah. out the sponsors that's like a perfect way to end We've ended every interview by asking someone, which we know your answer, what the answer is going to be. Yeah. What happens in this game tomorrow? Who do you like? So, obviously, I like Navy to win, and Navy is going to win. I think they're going to win 21 to 10. They're going to put up three scores on Army. Army's going to put up one score, maybe a field goal after that, and that's about it. He was ready. He had it. He had it. (laughs) Every table that, man. All right, Jesse, man, really do appreciate it. Awesome, thanks for cool. thank you so much. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Thanks so much. Yeah, thank you, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Thanks, appreciate it. Appreciate it. Yep. Thank you. Well, take care. Thanks, yeah. Awesome. Yeah, so you seem like you have a lot of fun with that. That was really cool. I always do well with interviews anyway when I listen to the podcast. That was really cool. I I did not expect – well, first of all, I did not expect him to be a doggone NASCAR driver. Right. Like, I, I was <laughs> not ready for that. No, I, I had Ryan, no yeah, idea. I had the headset. Yeah, so he sits down and he's like, oh, he, he was like, oh, he plays NASCAR or he drives NASCAR. And I was like, yeah, let's go. Professionally? Yeah. Um, yeah, that was really cool. I really enjoyed that. Yeah. Jesse's a good dude. Yeah, Rocky. What's going on, guys? We're recording, so. It's going, yeah. Okay. Hi. Ryan Richard, this is Rocky. Uh, he, hey, he, he's one of our contributors as well. What's happening, man? So we're four out of five here. Cool. Yes, yeah. my uh, man. Thank you. You can press balls on it. <laughs> okay, good. We went an hour and twenty-five minutes without a break, so I'm sure the folks at the at Vox Media are gonna be really happy about that. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. As long as it's not flashing, it's good. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Side microphone troubles. Um, so we're back. We've done talk for an hour and a half, great interviews with a lot of great people, um, and uh, we haven't talked about the actual game itself yet, so let's, let's do that for the last few minutes here before we wrap up at Radio Row, um, presented by USA here for Army-Navy, so um, yeah, I mean, Navy comes in 9-2, Army comes in at 5-7, and seven. we've talked all year, like, just, just, just the Army team from last year, and what we expected coming into this year. Let's not even get into what the fan base expected, because they thought they were going undefeated, like, legitimately. Um, they thought they were going 13 and 0, um, and beating Michigan. And beating Michigan. But uh, 
but we kept saying all year, like, oh, for a while it was like, oh, it's a must-win game now, this is a must-win game now. Literally. And it literally pretty much every single week seemed that way. And then to, down to Hawaii, like, okay, you have to win this game if you want to be ball eligible. But since, essentially since the Michigan, the whole season, Michigan may be the one outlier where they actually perform pretty well. They have just not lived up to what our expectations were for them. And they come, But they come into this game having played almost every game within one score. Um, so it's been close games. You know, so. I, I'm on that. I'm curious. We talk about so much. Just kind of a general college football fan, obviously very knowledgeable. But in terms of expectations coming into the season that you thought Army, I mean, was it more like a check in the box of like, ah, oh, yeah, I mean, they're going to be a pretty solid by yeah. 10 win? None of us would have said they weren't going to go to a bowl game. Right? No. Like, yeah. Okay. No. Yeah. Well, I, like, I was worried that they lost Bateman. I mean, that Army lost Bateman. Bateman is a really, really good defensive coordinator. I love the way. Uh, his defensive schemes kind of work. When you watch how how North Carolina is playing, he's kind of grafted on um, kind of what he wanted onto that program kind of from day one, and and they play a very interesting style of defense. And so, like, we were talking about this kind of, like, off-air, bring it on-air, like, I'm the most interested thing I am about tomorrow's game is how does John Luce handle, like, the literal cadence of calling this type of game? I know he's been on staff for a few years, but... It is different. This is a different opponent than everybody else besides Air Force. It is a different cadence, a different rhythm. I, I, I talked to Ivan Jasper um, over the summer for a story that I was writing, and we talked about play calling rhythm and, and how you kind of get into the flow of the game and control the flow of the game and all that kind of stuff. So that is one of the things that I'm very interested of from a coordinator perspective. Um, how does Army adjust, not adjust? Whatever on defense, especially. And even Air Force runs a you know a much they throw so it's of, of the yeah. than, than Navy, Navy and Army being more similar. But to your point, I think um, that that brings up two things. One, Navy also has a new defensive coordinator in Brian Newberry, that Coach Kim brought in from Kennesaw State, um, who faces in the FCS probably more option-based teams um, historically. But this is his first time in this game. Um, he runs a very unique four-two. it say four-two-five or three-four principles? I believe is how he describes his defense defensive scheme. Um, but to the point on Ivan and like the rhythm thing, like one of the uh, low-key significant changes this year has been Ivan has always called from the from the box, mm-hmm. never called from on the field as offensive coordinator. They made that change. Uh, it was was a week one or they started week one, yeah, week one of this year. Beginning. So he's called this entire year Spring from spring the field, yeah. very much Paul Johnson esque and like. Um, now he's not calling over. He's not sending in the play every single play with somebody, um, but he is. Uh, Malcolm and him have that connection, right? Where Malcolm's coming over sometimes, and, and it's a direct, like, no, through the headset, no if ands, or buts. You know, this is what and he's seen it from the field, and it's been very different. And, and that's what it was mostly about was was getting those two the opportunity to sit there and talk about what they were both seeing and figure out how they they were going to adjust. Yeah, and that's yeah. something that Ivan has always been terrific at. Just you can you especially during the years when we had literally no defense and, <laughs> and it, it, the games demanded that they score a touchdown on every single drive. I'm thinking specifically like when we were there in the late 2000s, uh, like just watching just watching the triple option adjust from the first to the second quarter and then into the second half. It is just those halftime adjustments were key. And for some reason, it just wasn't happening to the same degree uh, with Malcolm and uh, initially. And yeah. I think, I think, uh, I, I don't know. It's just it was obviously an, a great move. Because yeah, it's just, just one of those at, things where you know your you have to know your players, yeah. right? And like, just because you've done it the same way as offensive coordinator for ten years or however long with some of these great quarterbacks, um, if you know that there is a 
some you know some yeah. loss in communication mm-hmm. there. Like okay, like come out of the box, get out of the field, even though you've never done that in order to. I mean, look what Malcolm's done yes. this year. Not saying that is why Malcolm is performing. No, 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 no. It's definitely been a part of it. So, so that's. I mean, I think it goes right back to that idea of just um, play calling for sure. So if we look at the game. Um, I did the position breakdown. This so I did you know, Army versus Navy. Who has the advantage? And I had to put out on the Slack channel and texting Austin like. <laughs> I give Army the advantage at cornerback. Um, I didn't enjoy big, big because Army strength. <laughs> big Army well, strength. Elijah Riley. I mean, to, to, to the point, Elijah Riley may be the best defensive player on the football field, and there are some great defensive players on both sides. I know what you're going to say, um, but I mean, he's got he's he is a legit NFL talent. Um, senior Bulls scouted him several times. They've had several. I mean, he's he's going to have a chance uh, as a, as a you know whatever free agent, uh, not signed necessarily getting drafted, but. To, to go and play, he's been great this year, and he's kind of kept that defense together. But other than that, like I could not come up with a position group where I legitimately gave Army the edge, and I was like, "This is going to come across from the Navy guys, really biased." You know, does somebody else want to do this? But to me, on paper, it's pretty clear um, Navy has has the advantage. You know, going into this game. So I don't know what your thoughts are overall. Ten and a half point spread. Um, looking at it. I, I mean that's right it, ten and a half is wide, baby. Yes. Give, like yeah, I, I don't like that. That that <laughs> I like I it did not matter that Navy was the team favored. I'm like if Army was ten and a half yep. by whatever, yep. ten and a half is too much. Yes. Ten and a half is too much. I um what so okay over under, eighteen and a half combined passes both teams. Under. <laughs> under. Yes. Okay. Yeah. 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 I think so too. I'm very curious. We talked about this a little bit earlier. Uh, Navy closed practices for the last week, yeah. which they oh, don't typically do, okay. and not to be yeah. like, oh, they're going to start passing the ball. Like that's yeah. not what I'm jumping to. But, but the last time that they did that was the year they decided to introduce the, yep. the shotgun, yep. and not nobody knew, right? And they just kind of came out and ran plays out of shotgun instead of under center. Yeah. To your point, sorry. Go that ahead. was the year in the snow a couple years ago. I can't remember, but I do. 2017. Oh, those yeah. losses meshed together. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> what losses? <laughs> um, but, but kind of along the quarterback line, at least, uh, Army side, lots of injuries, yeah. and we still don't even know who's available. We talked yeah. about that when we opened up the show. I'm not Who sure. will be available? Yeah. Yes. Um, which is crazy because I think in the preseason we talked about Malcolm Perry being the one that we didn't expect to be have longevity to actually. I mean, he's like. Five, nine, there, there have been moments like, in the year where that arm like was going to fall off. We thought yeah, like yeah. had to keep coming yeah, out yeah. for the shoulder. The guy has been a, a true warrior. Like yeah. there are games where he should have come out, yeah. and he's like, "Nah, I'm, I'm not going anywhere." I mean, just the Air Force game That's alone, hard. he probably. I don't know if he should have finished that game, yeah. but he's the only reason they won that. Game. He single-handedly has yes. won three games yes. this year, yeah. right? Like, where without him in the fourth quarter, yeah. just and taking I think over. though all the Army quarterbacks that have played this year, at least in the matchups in which the games that they played in also have the ability to kind of take over. You know what I mean? That's kind of what you need in an option-based quarterback. That leads me to a, a question I was thinking of, actually. Okay. So uh, if you have all three available, meaning Kelvin Hopkins, Jabari Laws, and Christian Anderson, who are you starting? If, if all three are perfectly healthy, given the way the season's played out, who are you starting tomorrow? I think they should do what Navy did last year and play all three quarterbacks. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't have a, what is it? Some kind you of rotation. Yeah, you, you ain't got, got one quarterback. One. Yeah. Yeah. So. And I, honestly, that, that's my biggest question, too. I mean, pending, you know, everybody's healthy. Obviously, I think you come out with Hopkins. Like I said before, I think Jabari Laws, I think he's a little bit different in the passing game. Like, he's still young. I, unfortunately, you know, Jamel Jones has got time. I would say we don't put him in because he threw that interception against Hawaii, and that's pretty much what lost in the game, I think. Um, 
but I think this is not a game where you want to start off slow. Um, I think, of course, you know, Malcolm Perry, it's the Perry show, like we said before, I think they're going to try and figure out where they can, you know, find a space to run up the middle. I also think that, like, Elijah Riley, I think the defense, is, fullbacks are really going to feel the pressure, I think, to try and stop. Um, also, the Navy defense, which is really strong, really aggressive, really fast. Um, and I think, you know, getting too far behind in the beginning, it, it's just not going to be good. Especially if, like I said, they're not all the way healthy. So you don't want, <laughs> you know, behind and then we're, you know, forcing field goals. I, I don't want to see that tomorrow. Yeah. If, if they all are healthy, my answer is Kellen Hopkins just based on experience. Mm -hmm. um, he has won an Army-Navy game, right? So, yeah. yeah. Hopkins carries a matchup that eight months ago or, you know, four months ago, like, you're looking forward to. Um, and Perry was the question mark. So that kind of a question I'm going with then for you, Richard, maybe to kind of wrap this up a little bit, is your eyes in terms of maybe not a, a, a service academy, religious football watcher every weekend, <laughs> um, triple option quarterbacks in general, and some of the success on both Army and Navy side, what does that mean to college football in terms of being able to kind of match that up with it's not your 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 quarterback who's throwing for 300 yards in a game and four touchdowns? How does that stack you up as as a college football fan in general in terms of the excitement, or is it just boring to you? No, like I, I love watching these guys succeed because as the as the quarterback position becomes more classically uh, or less classically kind of statuesque and more like literally athletic. Um, like obviously Lamar in the NFL, like as as those kind of guys come in, what is it? It's obviously it's more black quarterbacks playing the position, and more than anything, I want there to be a spectrum of black quarterbacking, just like there's a spectrum of all quarterbacking, a spectrum of white quarterbacking. There should be a spectrum of it. It should be guys like Perry, guys like Kenny Reynolds a few years ago, guys that are really not out here to throw the ball. Um, uh, shy words to Georgia Southern, whatever. Um, those guys should be able to have their seat at the table as a legitimate quarterback with a capital Q, just like a Joe Burrow, uh, you know, a, a Jalen Hurts, a Justin Fields, um, you know, any of those guys. So as, as football kind of goes towards – it's funny because football is going more towards – triple option so to speak but it's just not single wing flex bone whatever it is um you know i have a, a conversation with my colleague stephen godfrey about how injurious to the reputation paul johnson may have been as you know the triple option is regarded and and when i say that i mean paul's demeanor um and what do you mean? he's a sweetheart right? <laughs> and, um, and some of the things that paul the way paul may may or may not have run his program which is the somewhat aversion to recruiting top talent and, and stuff that <laughs> you're like not wrong. you're not wrong try to be diplomatic here <laughs> um <laughs> does that set back the the global and national kind of connotation of what option football can be look willie fritz was running the triple option out of the shotgun, but it's the triple option. I mean, the read option, the zone read, those terms, it's the option. But for whatever reason, the option at the highest level of football is so divorced from the triple. And and there's just a disconnect between that level of football and this. So it's it's I like the way scheme permeates throughout the sport. Those are those are things that kind of just intellectually kind of excite me. Um, about the sport, so that's kind of, I, I guess, that's the answer to the question, the long answer to the short question, yeah. I guess. And the whole seat at the table thing, I think, is important because we talked to Pete Dawkins, mental 58 Heisman Trophy winner earlier, and I asked him to put him on the spot about because he's a member of the, you know, the Heisman Trust or whatever. Um, 
the way the Heisman Trophy itself has gone and that whole idea of, of the seat at the table. And you have seen Lamar, um, RG3, and guys be yeah. able to do that. But I mean, it's roughly a dual-threat quarterbacks award. Yeah. I mean, you know, Joe Burrow's probably going to win it this year, but he got some mobility to him too. Yeah. But, yeah, like it's, it's basically have, that. To have that full spectrum of QBs at the table, and I think back to that's why I just pulled it up, like 2015, right? We are all still a little bit bitter that Keenan was number five. Right, And right. probably deserved. He's the all-time leader in rushing touchdowns um, and rushing yards by a quarterback in NCAA history. And um, and I thought this was right, so I pulled it up. And, like, you look here on the on the Heisman website, and he's listed as a running back you know, yeah. for the award to that whole point. Which is kind of insane. Yeah. That's absolutely insane. Yeah, it is. Um, yeah. Now he's a wide receiver in the NFL. <laughs> and then yeah. I look, and then I do look around, and it's like that was a year Henry won. Rather than it's like, yeah, that Henry, was a weird Christian yeah. McCaffrey, Deshaun yeah. Watson, That's Baker Mayfield, look at Keenan, that list. Leonard like, Fournette, Dalvin Cook, Zeke Elliott. I mean. I think he's lucky to have been yeah. ranked yeah. number five. And that's, yeah. like, all due respect to Keenan Reynolds, like, probably the greatest Navy football player ever. All due respect to Roger Staubach. But at the same time. <laughs> yeah, like, I was going to say, you allowed to even yeah. say that? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Scott, cut that out. Yeah. <laughs> he's not used to this. <laughs> he's the new guy. He's hot all of a sudden. 150 yeah. degrees, man. Yeah. Especially as Roger's, like, sitting, like, right behind yeah. him. Like, <laughs> yeah, I said it. <laughs> well, uh, so, so what's your take for tomorrow? score but like from the outsider's perspective I'm gonna take I'm gonna take Navy to win I'm gonna take Army to cover um I, I think Navy's better like and I, like we have done a pretty good amount of talking up Navy um, towards the end of the season the Notre Dame game they really disappointed me yeah, in the Notre Dame games you had them in the show so here's so we we have said Navy every year is due for a complete flop last yep. year it was Cincinnati they got yep. blown out like 42 nothing yep. um so if there had to be a game though this year where they that flopped, was the right game. I'm so glad. Yeah, it wasn't a, a conference yeah. game. Yeah. yeah, I mean they just made so many right. yes, it was. mistakes. It was un- right. Some of those fumbles that yeah, that you just get like, buried what? by turnovers. Yeah, and yeah. it just and Navy's always going to oh. lose a game when you're like that against a team like that when you're turning the rock over. Like coach will tell you, like you gotta you gotta hang on to the ball. You, you, can't, you can't make you can't make any mistakes, and you gotta hope they make a couple just yeah. to have a shot. Yeah. And the exact opposite of that happened in that Notre Dame game. Right, but I mean, like this, yeah, look, the style travels. I mean, ask Oklahoma, ask Michigan. I went to Florida. I was at the Georgia Southern game. Like, I, you know, this style travels, and, it, you know, whether it's a schematic changeup or what have you, it it, it can work, um, and it can work especially, particularly, because football is kind of gravitating more towards it than I think people really realize, uh, particularly as Lamar continues to show that you can have pretty great success if you structure an entire NFL outfit around um, you know this style of play or at least something near it. Yeah. It's interesting you say that today we were talking to somebody about what would have happened if RG3 would have had this, the same offensive this, coordinator. Yeah. Like, because I mean, all due respect to Lamar like he's absolutely been incredible but I think RG3 is probably faster a little more agile and I think he probably had a better arm too but he got drafted by the Redskins right and you know and I mean, Washington was it was square peg round hole exactly. it was you know yeah. then he got hurt and it yeah. was it was a mess and it like I like I'm a Jags fan and people and they passed over him I passed over Lamar and and took I believe Taven Bryan that year but then I go back and I think I was like do I really trust Jacksonville to have done what it takes. I mean, if they yeah, just even if they Tim Tebow. took him, right, right. <laughs> like Baltimore went and got Greg Roman and and got uh, Mark Ingram in free agency and said, "Look, 
this is how we're going to play. We're going to draft Hollywood Brown to give us some vertical threat, but this is how we're going to play. We're going to structure the whole organization around this brand of football whole hog. And there's a lot of coaches and GMs and front offices that are maybe rightfully so a little reticent to go whole hog in that direction. Um, but, you know, the, the old saying about the copycat league, um, somebody's Someone's somebody's going to do this yes. now. Yes. Because, I mean, they're if they don't get to the AFC Championship game, it's an upset. You yes. know, it's, it's so, yeah, it, as scheme evolves, as football evolves, um, this is the new day. Yeah, sure. So we got Navy. That's what I heard out of all that. Navy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's all you're taking. <laughs> we got Navy. We got Navy. No, 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 it's going to be good. We're excited. Uh, we've been going out for almost two hours. And, uh, yeah, we're I mean, everybody pumped for the game. First time for you, Kayla. I'm very excited. I'll be on the field the whole, as much as I can. Yeah, that's where I'm it's gonna, gonna be, be fun. Yeah, on those heaters, those player heaters. You know I mean? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, I got the raincoat. <laughs> I, I'm be, wearing the boots right now. Like I'm. It's gonna be 55 degrees, and the rain's supposed to be clearing up by kickoffs. So. Okay, good. As long as it's yeah. not snowing, yeah. I'm good. I don't know. You yeah. don't gotta worry about that. <laughs> See, you know, I kind of selfishly want a snow game. Because that's kind of cool, yeah. but then I also want to stand outside for it, so maybe I don't want a snow me, game. Man. If you haven't been to an Army Navy snow game, like you don't want an Army Navy. Check the box of life. Like, yep, we were there. Yeah, live that life. Totally overrated. Yeah, for sure. So, last question. Then we're done. We're gonna wrap it up. This is the most important question. Who's got the better uniforms heading into the game? I so now that I've seen armies in person. I actually like Army's, if nothing else, cleats. Army is wearing some sharp cleats this year. Give it up. Very, very pleased. Navy, I'm disappointed that Navy has not run out those, uh, the blue, like, hand-painted helmets that they had a couple years ago. They should run those out every single game. They should never wear anything else. Those were absolutely gorgeous. But, yeah, I, when I saw the promo images um, for Army's uniforms a couple days ago, I was, I was, I don't know how this is going to play out, but I've seen them in person now. Uniforms always look a little bit better in person than they do on TV or in the or in the high gloss yep. promo images. Um, so I am very pleased with Army's Army's look tomorrow. Right. Still heard Navy's gonna win. That's all. I heard. <laughs> okay, <laughs> fine. <laughs> you win. Army wins something tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. Right. This will be the football. Dress game. well, test well, baby. Right. Well, that was great. Thanks for joining us uh, on the Against the Enemies podcast, Army Navy Radio Row style, and uh, we'll be back next week, I guess, if yeah. we are able to get back in town and, and record post Army Navy game right. with a, with a breakdown. And look ahead to that cheese at Bowl Air Force. We'll bring you into into this too. So yeah, we're excited for that. So. Oh, yeah. All right. <laughs> Thanks, man. Make sure you join us. Absolutely, folks. You're a Jags fan. It's a lot of fun. I am, yeah, unfortunately, Jags fan. I'm from Gainesville. So, oh, okay. So oh, I'm from Gainesville and went 